Hey everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of the Hot Hits Wrestling Podcast. I'm Hitzer. I'm Hadi. Uh, this week, we are here to talk about one thing and one thing only. Uh, All Elite Wrestling's annual stadium show at the Alpha Ash Stadium mm-hmm. in Queens, New York. Uh, back for the second year in a row in September. Um, it's presented on free TV across two episodes, two hours of Dynamite and a special two-hour edition of Rampage. Um, for anybody wondering if All Elite Wrestling could survive the absence of um, CM Punk, the absence of uh, Kenny Omega, or the absence of the Young Bucks, etc., uh, etc., et Bobby Fish getting fired, who's now in Impact right now. Mm-hmm. Um, bro, their roster is stacked. Is. Like, I did not think about CM Punk. Or the elite have to. once during the show, right? Like their 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 missingness, their their absence yeah. was not felt at all, right? Nope. Don't, don't you agree? Like honestly, it was yeah, just because of how clever AEW has been creating new stars. Yeah, okay, right? yeah. I mean, uh, so the fact that you know you had MGF helming it, you had uh, Chris Jericho still around. You know, you had mm. so, uh, John Moxley, uh, Brian Danielson. So you had all these guys who were still there mm. and who can more than carry a stadium show. One would even say that John Moxley has been the unsung hero uh, yeah. of AEW for the longest time through CM Punk's injury. <laughs> yeah. He carried that fucking interim belt. He defended it once a week, sometimes twice a week yeah. um, on challenges. He was a more legitimate champion than CM Punk who ever was because... Let's face it, CM Punk has never defended that belt. 100%. 100%. He won it. He lost it. He won it. He lost it. Exactly. He won it. Lost it. That's interesting record. But all the matches that John Moxley has been in has been rather entertaining. Uh, it's not just... I mean, it's, it's not as draggy or dull, you know, of a championship reign uh, uh, as been. La. It's actually quite an exciting reign with really good contenders along the way, lah. I feel that ever since he came back from rehab, John Moxie feels like almost a new wrestler. Yeah. Like, like I've always liked John Moxie, don't get me wrong. I've liked Dean Ambrose, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes his work is a little bit sloppy. Yes. Sometimes he feels a bit off. Uh, he has on and off days, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he's no such thing as an off day. Correct, yeah. correct. And there hasn't been such a thing as an off John nope. Moxie day. Nope. In a long time. Ever since he came back from rehab, he's just rebuilt himself. He came back he's last year, almost right? of, uh, he came back earlier this year. It's oh my been, god, uh, it, felt like, it felt like a year already, man. He came back around the March-April period. Wow. And he's done so much it, in that short period of time. It felt like John Moxley's year, you know. Yeah. Um, we, we, we talk a lot about like how when we look back on this era in 20, 30 years, you know, this, it's it's probably going to be known as the S.H.I.E.L.D. era. Sure. I, mean, sure. I mean, Roman Reigns is what, champion for two and a half years now. Yeah. Um, Seth Rollins killing it. Uh, John Moxley, I mean, three-time AEW champion. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, former. Like yeah, absolutely, I'm a former WWE champion too. I mean, these are literally the three guys carrying the wrestling industry right now, I'm, and I'm happy yeah. for them. They're, they're really great. Um, and a lot of the greatness of AEW Dynamite and Rampage this week for Grand Slam hinged upon uh, John Moxley winning it again because I felt he was the right choice. Mm-hmm. But 
but but okay. Before we get into all that, right? Before we get into the main events of, sure. of, of the evening, right? I want to talk about something important to me. And I'm not talking about Seraya. Oh. Uh, spoiler alert. For FKA Peach. I'm talking about me as a hip-hop fan. Oh, yeah. Okay. Me as a guy who grew up hip-hop first, rock second, sure, techno third, sure. you know, stuff like that. Like, but I'm, I'm a hip-hop person through and through since I was eight years old. Of course. And I've always been rather disappointed with WWE's representation, quote-unquote like, representation, of hip-hop. Yeah, it's been very um, like luster. Because it's been corny bullshit that Vince McMahon thought was hip hop. Yeah. You know, um Kid oh, Rock, yeah. Machine Gun Kelly, yeah. John Cena, uh um, Yeah, our truth, which is somehow worse than John Cena. <laughs> um but I mean our truth is funny, la, so yeah, I'll, I'll give him that, yeah. you know. But AEW seems to have embraced hip hop and not corny hip hop. Yeah. Real fucking hip hop to the point where there are big underground real fucking you know rappers yeah. on it feels like every episode of dynamite yeah. now it's 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 one of the, the most hip-hop friendly shows out there it's uh, are they on tnt or are they on bet i'm not sure but this is fucking amazing like think back to a couple of weeks ago when uh daniel garcia beat wheeler utah for the rohp championship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. west side gun wrapping him out the birds one of the coolest entrances I've ever seen in pro wrestling. Yeah. Like, we see a lot of, like, live bands performing. It's, it's cool. always, like... It was cool because it was so simple also. Yeah, yeah. It was a very, like, a very low-key beat, yeah. you know? Like, very boom-bap 90s. Yeah. And Daniel Garcia with the towel over his head. Enough. It felt very, like, oh, real fighters exactly. coming out. I mean, that was that was badass. And Westside Gun, once again, front row, he bought a ticket <laughs> to, to Grand Slam. You could see him because he was facing the hard cam, right? He was at that corner. Like, Westside Gun just enjoying AEW. You got... The baddest bitch, Trina, uh, appearing on Rampage later mm-hmm. on. You got Fabulous and DJ Woo Kid oh, coming up with uh, Swerve in Our Glory yeah. and uh, the acclaim for their match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, let's not even forget Action Bronson making his in-ring debut <laughs> on Grand Slam, rapping himself out yeah, to his own song, The Chairman's Intense, which is, of course, Hook's theme song. Mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, you're a hip hop fan too, perhaps not as, not as you know, huge as you, not as big as me, not But what, what do you think about? Like, you know? Sure, sure. But what, what do you think about AEW's embrace of uh, real underground hip hop in in India shows? You know, it makes it feel like a very different and more gritty than WWE, right? In the sense of that's the direction that AEW wants to go for. Yeah, like, that's yeah. the I feel the AEW brand. The more the the underground, the unknown, and bringing it to the light. Uh, yeah. And bring it to the forefront, rather. You know, to showcase that, look, this is alternative. This is different. This is unique. Yeah. And, and and really embracing it to an extent that it becomes part of the fabric of the entire show. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and that's something I feel that uh, they leaned in very well because it's something... I mean, honestly, wrestling is more in line with, uh, you know, like heavy metal, rock, you know, that kind of thing. Typically, like, in the 80s and exactly. 90s. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, this kind of feels fresher. This feels more um, in sync with the, the generation now. You know, mm. people who are aged uh, 25 to 45, you know? Where... And if if you listen to rap, you know, like, a lot of rappers reference wrestling. Exactly. Rick rappers love wrestling. It's the, yeah. the number, one, uh, number one case study. Right, right. right. Bad Bunny. Yeah, uh, for, Bad yeah. Bunny, you know. One of the few examples of WWE getting a rapper right in their organization. Yeah, that one time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And who can wrestle? 
Yeah, apparently he's coming back. Um, but whatever lah. I'm glad yeah, he's yeah. actually a good wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> for a celebrity, yeah, really, honestly. For sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah so yeah, that yeah. kind of thing, that embrace of hip hop feels very, and it feels very uh, um, organic instead of like tagged on. Yep. With AEW, so that's what they did right. I feel where it, mm. it feels very natural to have these people there. It doesn't feel forced or like oh, we're trying to be cool. You know what I mean? WWE always felt like they were trying to be exactly. cool, right? But AEW yeah. kind of feels like yeah, this is what we do all the time anyway. You know? Yeah, so yeah. Natural. I mean, I mean Trina's like first album called you know the baddest bitch. Uh, it makes her very natural and organic to like team up with Jade Cargill exactly. at the end of that match. Yeah, you know, exactly. Um, uh, people like Fabulous and DJ Wukit may not be mainstream stars, but they have like twenty million followers on Spotify. Like hip hop is a big genre, yeah, even yeah, for like yeah. this quote unquote underground people. Yeah. Westside Gun, straight out gangster, yeah. fucking loves wrestling. Um. Uh, he's a fan. He shows up to shows. He buys tickets to the front row. He reps Daniel Garcia out. Amazing. Um, man, did, did you see um, <laughs> did you see uh, DJ Wukit and uh, Waka Falka fame uh, on uh, on their TMZ interview? Ah, uh, no, I did not. What happened? So DJ Wukit is uh, is DJing for Waka Falka fame on his latest tour. So they were getting interviewed on TMZ, blah blah. blah. Uh-huh. Uh, so TMZ asked uh, DJ Wukit about his uh, AEW appearance, you know, uh, and then um, he and Waka Falka fame. Challenged Swerve in our glory to a tag team title match. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the wildest things I've ever seen. I've never seen like crossover like this in hip hop that feels so fun and it feels like the wrestlers really want to get into it uh, and the rappers want to get into it too, you know. Oh, that's interesting, huh? Yeah, it's, it's really fun. Uh. It's really fun. And if they actually do put the match together, I actually don't mind. Neither do I, yeah. Man, I mean, Swerve is a rapper himself. He's releasing a new album this year and everything. So, yeah, I mean, great stuff. Like, I, j- I just wanted to touch upon that before we get into the wrestling. Like, as That's a rap fan, this week made me very, very happy. Um, okay, let's 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 begin with the main event first because I think, hmm. uh, wrestling wise, in ring wise, this was probably the the match of the two nights. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. You could make an argument with Phoenix and Jungle Boy, or it's close. Close. But maybe the stakes weren't as high. Yeah, yeah, just... um, so, so this is John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Blackpool Combat Club. Um, not civil war, but friendly battle between the two leaders of the Blackpool mm-hmm. Combat Club for the richest prize in AEW. Uh, and proving once again that John Moxley is officially the king of AEW once more. Uh, Moxley outlasted his Blackpool Combat Club associate, Brian Danielson, yeah. in a war of attrition in their rematch uh, in the Grand Slam Tournament of Champions final. Um, the prize on the line, of course, was the vacant AEW World Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved MGF watching from the box seats, uh, you know, holding his um, hilariously large uh, poker chip, uh, hugging yeah. it like a teddy bear just, as a reminder that he has a future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a reminder that he's there, he has a future world title shot. I love that MGF explained that he wasn't in the tournament because why should he be? He oh. already has a guaranteed title shot, yeah, you know? Makes sense. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I even love the reaction shots from MGF. Um, I think there were certain shots even when MGF like, wasn't in character. He was just watching and he was like, oh, that was good. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it was great la, from the presentation point of view, from the MGF reaction point of view. The match itself had a great story mm-hmm. behind it, them being friends, mm-hmm. competing for the richest fries. Um, there's also the story of Brian Danielson having only lost four matches in AEW. Yeah. And he has avenged every loss to Chris Jericho to Daniel Garcia, uh, but the only loss he has, uh, to Hangman Page, who he beat in the quarterfinals, mm-hmm. and the only loss he has not avenged was John Moxley, exactly. which led me to believe 
that Brian Danielson was going to win this match because John Moxie, um, as he said on, on Instagram, like, he had to cancel a six-week vacation because of the punk situation and he had to carry the company once more. So I thought, you know, um, Moxie's probably going to drop this, go on vacation for, you know, a couple of months and Brian Danielson can carry it. Uh. Nah, but no, man. man. This is John Moxie. This is John Moxie's era. And, and to, be, to be perfectly honest, I don't think Brian Danielson really needs a work title. Nah. Um, a, a match against Brian Danielson in itself feels like a world title shot for anybody exactly. he's feuding with. He doesn't need the belt. Like it's 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 like you know, like when I say like um Roman Re- uh like Rock and Roman Reigns doesn't need the title belt. Right? It just feels big enough as it is. Brian Danielson is big enough himself. He doesn't need the belt. Yeah, he doesn't need to legitimize the belt. Mm. Uh, put it on Moxie, man, because his reigns have been fire. I really like the match. How brutal it was. How fiery. Uh, how bloody. Um, Brian Danielson selling his ankle mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I think it was just, I mean, I, I, have, I have fed the shoes with AW over the past couple of months, sure. but I mean, this main title scene, in fairness, they had to pivot from a very unfortunate situation. And this is one of those instances in pro wrestling, once again, where the pivot may end up being better than the original plan. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, yeah. come on. Like, this was basically the ethos of the Blackpool uh, Combat Club. Combat you know, where yeah. both of these guys go all out, like, regardless whether they are no pun intended, sorry. Uh, yeah, or whether yeah. they, you know, they are friends or, what, or you know, they're allies or whatever. When mm. you know, push comes to shove, these guys will go all out and really you know, get at each other. And could see, I yep. mean, this was a vicious match, man. I, of course. Yeah. I mean, look at the rest of it. Exactly. No, no, no like, blood everywhere or anything like that. It's just strangely, weirdly, to an extent, technical. You know? Yeah. With really solid yeah. psychology all around. With uh, mm. really interesting counter moves to one another because they know each other mm-hmm. so well, you know. Mm-hmm. And like this back and forth throughout the the match was that was uh, invigorating to a sense, lah. You know, like yeah. this is how you 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 structure a championship level match, you know, mm. on a on a on a, on a main event. And yeah, in front of like thirty thousand exactly. people in a stadium, stuff like that. Like, yeah. dude, I was with the crowd, man. They were enjoying this the the fuck out of this match, mm. you know, and um. Uh, I I like like how the, uh, Moxie is the a bit unhinged, but yep. in a way still in control. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. While yeah. Danielson, you know, this this supreme technician and all that, trying his best, you know, and 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 getting the the getting the 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 uh, the advantage at certain points where you were really thinking, oh damn, he got him! Like you thought it was gonna end there, you know. Mm. Yeah, and um, I mean, he got that the knee to the bell lock, brilliantly done. Beautiful. And I was yeah. like, oh, thinking that, oh, okay. He came so close so many times also. So that's the kind of mm-hmm. drama that I enjoy in this kind of matches. Yeah. yeah. They delivered again. I, I didn't, I no doubt, you know, in my mind that they're going to deliver it. And they deliver mm-hmm. it. So I'm a happy monkey watching this match. Like, it's, a, yes, it's yeah. like a four and a half stars for me, man. Yes, you know, I mean, there were some really dramatic close pinfalls, uh, near falls in the. Um, Danielson countering a Death Rider with a back body drop and then, you know, with the Busaiko knee was really good. Uh, Moxie with the curb stomp, um, a nice homage to his former stablemate, Seth Rollins. <laughs> re- it actually drew a gasp from the crowd, yeah, did you hear? Yeah, yeah. People were like, oh shit! He did it! Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he was pulling out like, uh, desperate, you know, pulling out back of tricks from his former friends, no stuff like that. I like, yeah. I like continuity like that, you know. Um, there, there was even action outside the ring like okay, like, all John Moxie meshes got action yes. outside the ring but I like this more than usual it's put onto the entrance ramp 
Um, I love Danielson being so vicious, trying to damage Moxley's arm, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but he picked an opening for the Death Rider on the stage, yes. which, looked, which looked vicious. The slant angle, and then uh, because of the stage was you know slanted on the way down, mm-hmm. right? Danielson like just uh lay, playing dead and like rolling back into the ring yeah. was one of the coolest things I've seen. I've never seen anything like that. That's a yeah. being aware of his surroundings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but also right, usually like the other wrestler is like desperately trying to drag a dead body back into the <laughs> ring. But this time the ramp did the work for exactly. him. Um, but because it took so long to get back into the ring, it was only a two count. Wow, I, a lot of this changes the the rear naked choke yeah. into the label lock back into the rear naked choke. Um, oh boy, these are these are two of the best people working right now, yeah. It's easy to say yeah. that, Yeah, and I I also loved William Rico on commentary being very um. Uh, very tentative, very nervous. Yeah. He almost didn't speak the whole time. And I think it's not because he had nothing to say, but I think he was in character being like, well, I don't know worried. what to say. I don't, yeah, worried, right? Mm-hmm. Like proud, but also worried of like, he's the warrior. He interjected that he at the correct with. times, you know, where you needed just to understand that, you know, this match is important to the BCC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all he needed to do. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, three cheers for Moxie. He definitely deserves this honor after all the hard work he put First in during Punk. three times, right? First to be first to be twice also. Yeah, he, he was twice before CM Punk was twice. That's true. That's true. Yeah, first to be three times too, and he deserves this this thing like He's he's gonna, probably gonna end up be the the Ric Flair of AEW, and why, why not? not? Whenever the chips have been down for AEW over the past three years, whenever something has happened, Moxie has always been there to carry the ball. Reliable, man. And he's done it so well, and I wouldn't be upset at all to be honest if MGL MGF failed um at the taking the world title. Uh, but I don't think so. I think now is MJF's time. Yeah. Like maybe not now, but in full gear or two pay-per-views from now will be his time. Uh, but in the meantime, right, in the one, two months until full gear, I think Moxie is going to line up some challenges. You know, having Page is next and stuff like that. Yeah. He's going to be having banger after banger after banger like Sheamus is. Uh, up until MJF takes it. Uh. Um, do you think MJF is going to take the belt from Moxie and then, you know, Moxie can finally go on his vacation? <laughs> or do you think that MJF will be, uh, or do you think that Moxie will be carrying it for a, a longer time? I think MJF needs to take it now. Uh, not because of mm. anything, but just because of the fact that they nearly lost MJF. Or they might, they still they might, might lose MJF in the future. He's still talking about the 2024 bidding war. Exactly. So go for it. Like, uh, give it to yeah. him. Make him the top guy, and then let him showcase how good he can be, so that mm. you can entice him to stay on. Or if you know, if if he goes on somewhere else, you can say mm-hmm. that yeah, that was. I mean, that is a AEW product. They need to do a redux of the 2011 CM Punk Money in the Bank story. Jesus Christ! They need to do a redux of like MGF is still champion come December. Mm. Um, January is when his contract is up. He might sign with WWE. He keeps saying he wants to sign with WWE. He's, he, he cuts promos about how he enjoys Triple H's uh, new product now. Mm-hmm. On fucking camera, it's mind-blowing that he's just like praising WWE so much, you know, on, on AWTV and the fact that it is part of the story. Mm-hmm. I think it's a natural way to go for the angle. Like, Tony Khan is desperate. He, he needs someone to save AEW, to bring the belt back before... The MJF takes the belt to WWE and throws, and puts it in a trash can like Medusa did. You know, yeah. um, do, do you think do you think that that this this is a story that they're they're gonna go with MJF threatening to take the belt away from the company? Um, I don't think it's gonna go to that level, just because of you know when he played the audio tape of their their conversation and all that, right? Like yep. obviously that is a work lah. 
Yeah, of yeah. course. So yeah. I feel that they're going to just continue this work of him being disgruntled with management. Mm-hmm. But I feel that's going to be a lasting storyline. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're going to do something crazy. I'm not sure what, but definitely it'll pay off sometime down the road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, my, so my personal... That, that, it has that feeling of reality slash, you know, you mm. know what I mean? Like, reality slash wrestling law uh, storyline. So, whatever. I'm down with it. I mean, if you guys are unfamiliar with what happened in 2011 in, uh, in Money in a Bank, uh, CM Punk's contract was up. Yeah. Uh, and and the story was Vince McMahon needed John Cena to take the belt off CM Punk uh, because he was threatening to walk out with the belt out of the company. Yeah. You know, um, if they did a redux with this with the Devil, um, uh, CM Punk's greatest rival in Cafe, uh-huh. I think it'll be cool too. Uh, come December, December twenty fifth, Christmas time or whatever. You know, Ed Winter is coming. Uh, you know, you need someone to out motherfucker MJF. We can't let him take this belt. Uh, somebody finally beats MJF just before the deadline, just before January hits and the bidding war happens. Uh, and then MJF resigns the contract because he wants the belt back. You know, that will be a great story, like, in my opinion. Uh, I hope maybe they can do that. Uh, if MJF does end up going to WWE, I don't mind either. I think he's a perfect fit for Triple H's uh, creative vision also. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's, you know, really good friends with uh, Cody Rhodes and everything. So I think he's going to slide right in wherever he does. Like, wh- whatever I want, I want MJF to get paid. Because he's clearly one of the biggest stars in wrestling. Uh, and just on his mic work, because I can't remember a lot, the last time MJF wrestled. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the, the guy's just... Right. Yeah, he's something special. I think he hasn't wrestled in like six months and like nobody cares. Mm. It's okay yeah. because his storylines are still awesome. He's a, he's a storyteller. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, the second biggest headliner coming out of Grand Slam Dynamite is that uh, Paige... Uh, FKA, formerly known as Paige, now known as Soraya. Soraya, yeah, yeah, is uh, all elite. Yeah, uh, um, context isn't really necessary, I think, for this uh, spectacular surprise. It was just out of left field. Uh, but to paint the picture, uh, Dr. Britt Baker DMD and Jamie Hater um, squashed their beef and attacked Tony Storm after the champ retained the title in a fatal four way. Mm. Uh, and then uh, I'm not going to talk too much about the match because the match was just like yeah. whatever it was fine yeah but but uh, Soraya boom came on stage for the sh- for the save yeah. there was um, some double takes from the audience double take for myself yeah, I was like, I was wait, like who's oh. that white girl I mean uh, uh, Soraya is is extremely white yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but literally, yeah literally yeah. paper white girl um, but yeah, but once the the word Syria came out, I mean, obviously we all know his story. Fighting with my family. Uh, so we um, actually we actually reviewed the movie on on Hard Hits. Um, it was a great movie, by the way. Uh, Florence Pugh, uh, yeah. one of the goats of modern actresses. Um, anyways, but credit to AW for keeping the secret because I there was no, no dirt cheat shit about any of this. Yeah, I did not see the surprise coming at all. Um, partly because I didn't think Syria would ever be wrestling again same, with a neck same, issue. Same, same, right. same, yeah, same, same, exactly that. Because I thought the injury was too much. And I thought she kind of moved on and wanted to do like, you know, more acting, more of like gaming stuff and all that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, she she makes like hundreds of thousands of dollars just from playing games on Twitch, you know. Uh, but at the same time, so does Adam Cole, so does Xavier Woods, but they still wrestle too. Yeah. Uh, um, and... The thing that surprised me most is I thought this was just going to be like, oh, Syria's coming in to be some sort of enforcer figure, some sort of um, uh, manager maybe. But everything, all indications, commentary, uh, the fact that she's not on the manager page on the AW website, she's on the, she's on the wrestling roster page, it indicates that Syria is wrestling again. 
Um, and I, for one, think it's very cool if she has been cleared, lah. Like if everything is safe, you know. And this is a Daniel Bryan situation where. Uh, itch, you know, stuff like that. I've I've seen some people come back from like really disastrous neck injuries. Itch. You know, Brian and Itch, right? Yeah. Uh, for example, and they're still killing it right yeah. now. Especially Itch um, because he fused his entire vertebrae. Absolutely, yeah. right, right, right. So if if the doctors have been given the all clear, um, and she has been training and everything, and she feels fine, I I'm I'm mostly worried about the safety aspect. Right? But if if that's all covered, I mean, fuck yeah, I want to see Paige Russell again. Oh, yeah. She was. She was the catalyst for the women's revolution in WWE. We forget about that. Like yeah. it, it was her, you know. It was still the Divas Championship when she won it from AJ Lee. Yeah. She was the one who turned it into the women's championship. Yeah. This was this is pre Becky, pre Bailey, pre Sasha, pre Charlotte. Like it was Paige carrying the torch, yep. and the fact that she's still only twenty nine, it's, it's ridiculous. I I feel like I've seen Paige wrestle like for most of my life, yeah. <laughs> and she's only twenty nine. Younger than us. She's younger than us. She's, if if this is her uh, second wind in wrestling, she has another like what 10, 12, 15 yeah. years to go. Depending on her health, she I'm, can go for as long as twenty years. Yeah, so. I mean, people like uh, Mia Yim is in her forties. Mercedes Martinez is forty one. Serena Deep is forty two. So I mean, and look at Serena Deep. Oh yeah, of course. Class. Look at Serena Deep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Serena Deep herself didn't wrestle for three, four years because she was a trainer in NXT. Because yeah. uh, Vince didn't think she was hot oh, enough to wrestle, but whatever. I know, I know. That, uh, that opportunity, you had an opportunity to build on oh, never mind, never mind. Never mind, never mind. But here to talk about Serena, I'm very happy to Good see her you. here. Do you, do you, did you have any thoughts about the Fatal 4-Way? Uh, the Fatal um, 4-Way was a mess, man. A little bit, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, but it's not, I mean, I don't know how, I, I don't think it's anybody's fault. It's just all those matches that didn't kind of click for me. I don't I don't think it was built very well. Like there was no reason for Serena Deep or Fina or yeah, Big yeah, Baker yeah. to be like in this particular it, it just felt like they wanted like four big female wrestlers without a story and just shoved them into a match. Yeah. So it felt a bit off la. Yeah, I don't like one of the things that's always infuriated me is that the AW women's division seems to like, you know, one step forward, two steps back, one step yeah. forward, two steps back. And I, I still think that Tony Khan doesn't know how to book the women's division. Yeah. And that is probably the biggest issue, right? With AW yeah. right it's now. It's the way like WWE does the women's tag team, same thing. Like they don't know not anymore, team. but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not anymore, now that uh, Io, Io Sky yeah, and yeah, yeah, Sky yeah, are the champs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, this is no reflection on Tony Storm, Serena Deep, Athena, or Dr. Britt Baker as wrestlers. No, no, no. I think they're fine. I think they were just handicapped by a really weird story or in, in fact, a non-existent story. Yeah. Um, the story was, in fact, Jamie Hater and Dr. Britt Baker DMD. That was the story. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then for Jamie Hater at the last minute to be like, oh, actually, I'm cool with Dr. Britt Baker DMD, who's just been playing possum, and then reteaming with her. I felt it made no sense. You, because you, you, you built such a great beginning, and then you just, like, solved us for no reason. This was a very... This was a very organic way to transition to a non-title feud Correct. with Britt Baker because Britt Baker has been embroiled with the AEW title scene for so long yeah. that, that there's a bit of fatigue. That like, oh, Britt Baker in a title match exactly. again. So you know? have this feud with Hater would be awesome. And they really build it and then they, they kind of served it to you halfway yeah. and then they just like pull, it, pull the, the, the rock from under your feet, you know? Yes, you know. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to do the turn eventually. Mm-hmm. But AEW has this habit of like prolonging stories like two, three months past the expiry date. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, Julia Hutt's uh, heel turn, like, I mean, should have happened six months ago, but okay, you know. 
uh, like when she was, you know, the misted by Malachi Black like back in February, and then she only turned in like July. It was it was a bit bizarre, la. but yeah, I I just really want the AW Women's Division to just be better, and it's not actually that hard. They have a great roster. Um, they just need to be given more time, mm-hmm. more matches, mm-hmm. more stories, and that's it, lah. Yeah. Just book them like you would book the men. It's not that hard. It's not. It really isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Any other thoughts on this, or shall we move, on? move on? All right. Um. Let's talk about. I think one of my favorite moments of the match, uh, of of the night, uh, beginning on uh Rampage. Oh. Uh, sorry, beginning on Dynamite was Claudio. the ROH World Championship match, mm. where Claudio Castagnoli lost the belt to the sports entertainer Chris Jericho <laughs> via uh, a low blow which the referee didn't see mm-hmm. uh, and now Chris Jericho refers to himself as the Ocho, Ocho. because he is an 8 time world champion in let, let's let's count this WCW mm-hmm. WWE yep. AW yep. and now who would have thunk this sentence Chris Jericho is the ring of honor world champion and you know what i fucking like this the idea of the ring of honor the most sports integrity kind of belt out there in pro wrestling in the hands of the anti roh guy anti roh anti wrestling i'm a sports entertainer i'm an entertainer you know uh le champion all that bullshit like gimmickry right that chris jericho has the fact that he is now the head of the Ring of Honor World Championship, I think, opens up a lot of avenues for great stories yeah. for like pure pure wrestlers. I, I don't mean pure division, but I mean like pure wrestlers mm-hmm. to try to defend the honor of Ring of Honor from such a dishonorable champion who won it in a very dishonorable mm-hmm. way. Uh, what do you think about this whole uh, Chris Jericho beating Claudio Castagnoli? I know a lot of like hardcore fans hate it, oh, no, yeah, but yeah. I think on, from a story perspective, I think it's great. Exactly. So uh, if you see all the comments and all that, Everybody hates this. Like it seems like everybody hates this, but it's usually just uh, ROH, you know, people who love ROH, la. And I right. understand where they are coming from because right. it's such an identity for the brand. Mm-hmm. But because mm-hmm. again, you see, the brand kind of died away. AW kind of resurrected it, and I think this mm-hmm. is the right direction to go to evolve the brand a bit more. Not evolving in the sense that you're discarding what uh, the old ROH is like. But yep. rather to invigorate it with new storylines involving people that you never thought was going to be in a fucking ROH picture. Fucking Chris Jericho. Mm. In 2022. Exactly. How insane is like that? Chris Jericho, in like maybe 2007, I could have seen him in ROH. He was still like going hard at yeah. that point. But in 2022, it's even wilder. Yeah. So I'm going to see yeah. this wildly sports entertainer, right? Veteran. Mm. He's going to take yep. on all these guys who are, you know, one thing that ROH title back, you know, people like you said, uh, defending the honor of ROH. How insane that story! How insanely good is that story right there? Mm-hmm. You know, all these guys coming up, taking on uh, Le Champion, you know, yeah. or whatever it's called now. Uh, Ocho, Definitely. sorry, it's called Ocho now. The Ocho. Yeah, um, a bit of a yeah, a bit of an NFL thing, but never mind. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'm sure he's made that into a shit already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was a this player who changed his legally name, changed his name from Chad Johnson to Chad Ochocinco. Oh right, 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 Ochocinco. Sure, yeah, sure, sure. So, That's what, that was a reference. Yeah. Okay. So then he changed it back to Chad Johnson because Ochocinco is not uh, phonetic. Uh, it, it doesn't really say eighty five. But anyway, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, Chris okay. Jericho, I feel is the perfect 
I mean, kind of the perfect guy to carry on this uh, ROH storyline, lah. You know, yes. as as ROH is slowly being relaunched, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right now it's still in the nascent stages, right? It's not yet. Uh, the the TV show is not yet announced yet, right? They're doing quarterly pay per views. Um, Tony Khan is working with Warner Discovery to launch a weekly show for ROH. Correct. Um, obviously, launching a new program and negotiations with networks is not an easy thing, mm-hmm. like It takes time, you know. Yeah. But one of the reasons I think that they put the belt on Jericho and not Claudio. I mean, don't get me wrong. Claudio for the two three months that he was, he was the champion was was great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. He was he's fantastic. He had great matches along the way. But you want to sell a TV show to Warner Discovery? You say that Chris Jericho is our champion and he's going to be there weekly. Oof. He's headlining our show. I mean, that's how you sell a TV show, right? And you do that for a few months and then you have, I don't know, Brian Danielson take the belt away from him. Yeah, you can do that exactly. too. Because one of yeah, yeah, I mean this thing long term, guys. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I understand like you all like ROH marks and shit lah, but like this is a great story, guys. It is, it is, it is. Man, I mean, um, it, it's such a heel move. Like, I mean, how he won it was dishonorable. Mm. Right? I like that the commentary kept on pushing that narrative on. Yeah, yeah. you have like Ian Rickabani on commentary. Obviously, uh, Bobby Cruz himself, like long time ROH. Commentators uh, who's just like disgusted that this has happened to their belt. Beautiful. And and it's not because they were really disgusted. They were said they were selling the story yeah. of disgust. Uh. Exactly, which I think will really help the ROH belt. If you all are disgusted, if you all are angry, guess what? You got worked. That was the point. Yeah. And you're gonna watch. You know what? Because yeah. I'm gonna watch. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, good good job again, uh, by Tony Khan and all that. I mean for all the criticisms I've been giving him, like he has steered the ship really well this past uh you know, two weeks, two, three mm-hmm. weeks, you know, where, where, you know, all that controversy that happened, like, that was a big controversy, you know, where your EVPs and your main champion got suspended. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, kudos to him on, on steering the ship towards the right direction again. Yeah, yeah. There's also this side story with uh, Daniel Garcia. Mm. Uh, um, so, you were seeing the Jericho Appreciation Society just celebrating up on the ramp, yep, right? Yeah, yep, with all the champagne. Uh, um, with all the champagne and everything, and Daniel Garcia just looking a bit, a bit perturbed, yeah. a bit perturbed because I know that he is being mentored by Chris Jericho, but he's a pure wrestler at heart. He's the ROH pure champion, even. He's like a young you know. Daniel, uh, Daniel Bryan, you know. He is. He is. I mean, he he said that many times in exactly. interviews. Uh, Brian Danielson was the reason he got into exactly. wrestling, etc. Right. Yeah. Um, and then they did it on the ramp, and Daniel Garcia was looking upset. And then on rampage later on, there was another like a uh, clip of them celebrating backstage mm-hmm. with champagne. Mm-hmm. And then Garcia tried to interject. He said, I, I, I need to talk to you, uh, Jericho. I need to talk to you. Jericho said, oh, we can talk next week during our celebration. Yeah. You know? Like, tonight is just to uh, have fun. So, for all those people who say that Daniel Garcia, I've heard this comment so many mm. times, that Daniel Garcia is just a great wrestler with no personality, what? cannot act, got no charisma, got oh, no mic work. On. Look at his fucking facials. So good. This, this is top tier. I'm, I'm not talking wrestling acting i'm talking like this is just good top tier tv acting yeah, yeah, yeah. in general just his un- understated facials the way that he was nervous wanted to say something didn't want to say something perfect daniel garcia is a good pro wrestler as a package we know he can go in the ring now he has developed a personality he has the acting chops he's good on the mic Stop saying that Daniel Garcia is not a great all-round pro wrestler. He's just one of those in-ring guys. He is not. Daniel Garcia is amazing. I love what they're doing with the story. Where do you think this goes from here? I mean, I want to see that split, that conflict between him and Jericho. 
school. Right. And uh, I think that'll be a great story right there. And I think they're building right. to it. Um, not too fast, you know, it's like slow, it's kind of a slowly burning ember right now. Mm. And you can see, and, and, and it's beautifully done. So, keep going away at this rate, and when the when the explosion does happen, it's going to be worth it. Huh? Absolutely. Um, do you think this ends up with Daniel Garcia joining the Blackpool Combat Club? I think so. Right, right. it seems to be that they were building that story, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Speaking of facials, by the way, um, you you, you watch uh, Daniel Garcia versus Wheeler Utah, right, yes, for the ROH yes, Girl Championship yes, mini yes. event, um, uh, Westside Gun wrapping him out and everything. Mm-hmm. So when Daniel Bryan came out to celebrate with uh with Daniel Garcia, mm-hmm. you know, uh, putting the belt around his waist and everything, did you see um Chris Jericho's facials on the ramp? <laughs> It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen yeah. in pro wrestling. Like, his his expressions, right? It's like you caught, like, your prom date making out with yeah. someone else. Basically, that. It was the best, yeah. It was the best. You know, if you're wondering how Garcia suddenly became so good, at, you know, facially, character work, I, it's partly because of Chris Jericho, though. Yeah. He has the yeah, best like, of two mentors. He has the fucking Daniel Bryan and Chris Jericho. Yeah, I mean, he he's already pretty much a fully developed person in ring yeah, the only thing he needed to develop a bit more spend maybe a bit of time like this is not kayfabe like in legitimate real life I think the last two months spent with Jericho has really elevated the other aspects of it like the acting the facials the, the reactions la. the intangibles are the, that's the thing that Chris Jericho brings and he has always brought yeah agreed. yeah, yeah. Uh, brilliant stuff I loved all of this let's move on to the AEW World Tag Team Championships yeah the acclaim oh man Defeated, swerved in our glory yeah. to win the titles. Uh, Billy Gunn was ringside with his boys. Uh, Billy Gunn, unrelated to Westside Gunn, by the way. Um, guest valets included, like I said, Fabulous mm-hmm. for the champs. DJ, woo, kid, for the challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Caster's raps made references to Little Mermaid, <laughs> Andrew Cuomo, Pepsi, sure. and Swerve in our glory holes. Yeah, uh, good shit. Um, uh, that chant uh, Oh scissor me daddy is uh, Pops me every time yeah. um, it's, It started at All Out Continues here yeah. um, I think that Honestly in, in my opinion I thought that they, had, they should have switched the belts At All Out That was the moment to do it But I didn't mind this either Because this happened in the, the Acclaim's hometown And everything New York you know sure. um, Billy Gunn was the game changer in the end uh, We finally got what we wanted the acclaim as champs because there is no hotter tag team in the world right now than the acclaimed. Yeah, seriously, hundred percent, hundred percent. In just in, I'm not talking about in ring work or whatever. Like FTR has them beat there, la. Um, in terms of legacy, the Usos has them beat or whatever. I'm talking about just pure hot overness. This is their right moment now, yeah. right now. Like this, this quarter is the acclaimed quarter, and this is the time that if you want to switch the belts, you switch the belts to the acclaimed right, right now. now yeah. Um, I felt that the match here didn't quite live up to their all out match. But it finally gave me the ending that I wanted from the All Out match, and I think that saved it for me. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, that, I I agree with you that uh, the match. I mean, that that's like that's no dig like the All Out match yeah. was an all time great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the best like, team this matches was like we've seen this year. Four point two five out of five. Sure, yeah, rather than the five stars that they had at, at all exactly, at All Out, right? Yeah. So it's not like I'm saying it's that this cheap. match sucked yeah, or whatever. Didn't, didn't. I'm just saying it didn't live up to like that quality, but that was almost impossible yeah, to live up to. It's very hard to get five stars all the time, you know? Right, right. Uh, and in the end also, it, it, I think them winning the belts was such a great moment that who the fuck cares about the match? Uh, this, this is the acclaims time. Go for it. 
Um, they have like six catchphrases. They are over. <laughs> their shirts. Their boombox. The rappers. Um, Billy Gunn has hasn't been this relevant since 1997. <laughs> you know, uh, this fucker's got Billy Gunn over. I know. Who would have thought? You know, I mean, these guys are great. Um, I love the ending. Uh, liked the match a lot. Do you think that it was the right call to put the belts on a claim? Hell right yeah! Now? I mean, we called it the last time already. Yeah. Um. I mean, I do enjoy. Uh, I I did enjoy Swerve in our glory. Uh, I think that that, that they, they were a dynamic uh, tag team champion uh, mm-hmm. team. Um, yep. And I feel that yeah, their run was not too long, not too short. I guess it was a decent three month run. Yeah, exactly. So it yeah. gave them time to be champions, uh, defended a bit, and you know they defended it well in the last match. Five stars, come on. Mm. Yep. So yeah, I mean. It's, it's really time for the claim. Like I feel that it's long overdue. Uh, mm. The claim now being champions, I feel is the right moment and is the the way to carry, you know. And as how important the tag team division is in AEW, mm-hmm. these guys should be the face since the EVPs are you know absent. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, the claim weren't even a tag team last year. Nope. You know, they were they were just Max Caster, Anthony Bowens were two random jobbers on AEW Dark. Tony Khan decided to put them together. They both went into it according to interviews, but they found their groove. They became like this almost once in a lifetime type it's of like that you almost the chemistry that you almost like can never get. Mm. It was, this is one of the strokes of genius that Tony Khan has made over the last year. Mm. Was they acclaimed? I gotta give him credit for this. The acclaim was a was yeah. was a great move for them. Putting BD Gun of the acclaim was another move that <laughs> that on paper I was like, what the fuck are you the fuck are you doing, bro? Like this makes no sense. But it works. But it works once again. I, I honestly like, cannot like, tell you why it works. It just does. I know, right? Yeah, it just does. It just does. Uh, I mean, the crowd chanting "Sizzle Me, Danny" is like <laughs> it's the best. It's it, it's the best. Yeah. So, I mean, kudos to the acclaimed. I think they're gonna be a quality tag team. I don't think their run is gonna be long. Doesn't matter. But I think this is this is the perfect moment yeah. for them. I think also that Sweet Um Swerve and Keith Lee were never meant to really be a long-lasting tag ah, team. These two guys are, are, I mean, are single stars, man. Yeah, yeah. So at that point in time when it came to AW, the singles divisions were very... Clogged up. Uh, clogged up, mm. right? Um, so they didn't have a spot for them to put them as a tag team. That worked too, don't get me wrong. Yeah. They, 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 it was a good tag team. I mean, the but now that, that this... big guy, Keith Lee, you know, and so of this fucking talented guy. Just works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, you know. But now, with, you know, the Elite out, with CM Punk out, suddenly there's a bit more space yep. in the singles yep. divisions for them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think Swerve and Keith Lee would not, are not detrimented in any way by this loss because I think they they were always intended to be single stars in AEW, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, happy for the acclaimed. Uh, also happy for the future of uh, Swerve and Keith Lee. Uh, love the rappers, uh, ringside, cool. all of it. Tick my boxes. Uh, next up, we have but all... Atlantic Championship, mm. the AEW Atlantic Championship. Pack takes on uh, takes his first feud <laughs> from AEW, uh, throwing back to three and a half uh, years ago. Um, Orange Cassidy, uh, who Pack still doesn't take seriously, although I don't know why, because Orange Cassidy pushed him to the exactly. limit so many times. Uh, but maybe three years he forgot already. <laughs> uh, but anyways, this was a, a real throwback to year one AEW, yeah. uh, the, one of the first feuds that they ever built. Um, I thought this was this was a fun match that called upon a lot of history. Um, mm-hmm. Peck, uh, he's claiming superiority. I'm a better wrestler. I'm a better athlete. I'm serious. You're a comedy gimmick. Blah blah blah. I'm aggressive. You're not. In the end, Peck had to cheat to win, which furthers the story. Is like 
all you fuckers are not taking Orange Cassidy seriously, exactly. but you should. Pack had to cheat to beat Orange Cassidy. Um, I mean, I'm the the ending was a bit of a foregone conclusion, yeah. so the match like a, a bit down in yeah. ratings for that. Yeah. But I thought like as a just. 15 minutes of entertainment. Um, I, this was this was good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nothing mind blowing, but it was, this was good. Did, did did you like this little throwback to one of AW's first few? Uh, I liked it. Uh, and again, I like the fact that regardless of what Pack thing or, or what Pack says, right about all this stuff about Orange Cassidy, you know, all the it reinforces the fact that people always underestimate Orange Cassidy. Yeah, like, that's the whole Orange Cassidy gimmick is that people underestimate the fuck out of him. And that's also Orange Cassidy's strategy. Exactly, he wants to be underestimated. He, he wants he wants to be underestimated. Exactly, you know, he he wants you to not take him seriously because when he turns it on, when he goes hundred, he can beat you then, you yep. know. And when you're not ready, he lulls yeah. you into a false sense of security. And look, if if he had not cheated, Pack would have lost. Certainly, exactly. So you see again that I, okay. The only issue is that I feel that uh, Cassidy loses a lot during this uh, big matches. Yes, but also, do you feel that Cassidy doesn't need to win? <laughs> he's one of those wrestlers, right? He's like Seth Rollins. You know, like when Seth Rollins lost three times to Cody Rhodes, nobody like thought anything about yeah, it. Yeah, nobody thought lesser then, of Seth Rollins. Yeah, in fact, when Cody Rhodes came out with the torn pack and and you know, um, Seth Rollins was like zero and three in his last matches, yeah. people were like, oh, maybe Seth Rollins should be the next contender for the Universal Championship. <laughs> like, he's like that kind of thing, lah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes when you have character-based gimmicks, sometimes I'm not saying all the time. Mm-hmm. But in certain occasions, for certain characters, wins and losses don't matter. Yeah. And I think it, that applies to people like Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy. Yeah, correct. Uh, Dan Housen yeah. more for his comedy gimmick. Lah. Sure, yeah, yeah, but yeah. people still pop for him. Exactly, yeah. but because of that, that comedy element for Orange Cassidy is that he's, this, uh, he's a real player. It's just that mm. people just don't see it. Absolutely. You know? Yes, yes. That's that's a good way to put yeah. it. He's certainly a real player. One of these days, he's going to get the World Championship. Go for it. I, I'll be so One of these out. Days. Pop the fuck out. One of these days. I think they're telling a long-term story here. I don't as mind. Orange Cassidy, as like, first he's not taken seriously, and then he's taken seriously, and then he loses every big match. Yeah. Which causes him to not be taken seriously again. One yeah. of these days, he's going to get a random open challenge. And we need he's gonna fucking He's going to fucking beat CM Punk for the belt or some shit, you know. And it's going to be one of those biggest, like, you know, like, Mankind winning the belt exactly. of war, like, out of nowhere? Yeah. I think it's going to be like that. And same. I think that, that there's something that they're building towards. Something unexpected, yeah. something that would be great TV, you know? And, yeah. Uh, it's just that you don't have Bischoff uh, shitting on it, lah. Uh, Anthony Shivani too, lah. Oh, that's going to put butts in seats. <laughs> uh, if you guys do not know the reference, uh, back in the day, WWE Raw was pre yeah. Um And uh, WCW... Yeah, uh, WCW enjoyed spoiling Raw on uh, Nitro, and then you know, <laughs> correct. Yeah, so in in the middle of one of the Nitros, Tony Schiavone said, "Oh, this Mick Foley won the belt. Oh, oh, big deal. That's gonna put butts in seats." As it turns out, a lot of people switch channels to watch Mick Foley win the belt because they're like, "What the fuck? Oh my god, let's go watch this." <laughs> See, mankind. Yeah, this B tier wrestler. This BT wrestler cannot really wrestle. He's fat. He's out of shape. He's a hardcore, you know, macho gimmick yeah, wrestler. Yeah, because get hurt all the time and all that. Oh my god, mm-hmm. he won. The Rock. Mm. The Rock. Yeah, I forgot about The Rock too. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Oh my god. Uh, um, speaking of Tony Schiavone, um, Tony Schiavone oh. was out to interview Wheeler Utah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, MJF interrupts mm-hmm. Wheeler Utah. 
to let everyone know that he was in a building. There was a bit of a rude trash talk exchange. Fisticuffs bro- mm-hmm. uh, broke out. Uh, Willow Yuta was supposedly um, of a face in this situation. Yeah. Um, but I mean, oh no! It, it seems like MJF's face run was not for five minutes. Uh, people still want to cheer him. Even though he says a lot of shitty things, and it's really He's... beautiful shitty things. I know, but like I can't help not being offended. Yeah. Uh, it 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 took like Willow Yuta was supposed to be the 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 good guy, right? But Willow Yuta was getting booed. Yeah, I know. Every time he tried to like match wits with MJF, <laughs> which you should never do, like you can never match wits with MJF. Like. I mean, that's. Uh, yeah, sorry. No, I mean, to be fair, Willow Yuta kind of stuck to the talking points and didn't didn't really push. I mean, like just say mm. no hanging food and all that, lah. Yeah, yeah. But MJF went all out, man, at the crowd and all. And they were still like, "Yay!" <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. We are fuck my wife, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, please. I'll be so happy. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, "But it's not up to my standard." And then he's still cheered. I was like, what? "Yeah, yeah. My wife is fucking ugly. <laughs> fuck you." Yeah. yeah, my wife is ugly. You're right. You should. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is an insane. Like this is that kind of weird uh moments where you know a wrestler is great. Yeah. Um. I know the. Wrong. Yes, no? I, I know. I know the all out scrum was overshadowed by a lot of things, right? But Chris Jericho said something very important during the all out scrum, yeah. where he he revealed some non kayfabe things that he talked with MJF about. Yeah. Like when MJF returned, MJF's biggest worry that were, was that he couldn't be a heel anymore. MJF loves being a yeah. heel, and he was trying to brainstorm ways with Chris Jericho about how to still be a heel, how to get booed. He doesn't want to be a cool heel because yeah. he hates cool heels. He just wants to be like a legit heel. And, you know? and, and then Chris Jericho told MJF like. That's not happening. Yeah. I do, no matter what you do, they're going to cheer you. You just have to accept that. You have to be a baby face now. Yeah. No, choice. no choice. You know, and he tra- I mean, he tried his best. Like, he had to beat up Tony Schiavone to even get a, a smattering of booze. Even that people weren't that merciful. Yeah, yeah. He, he shoved Tony Schiavone. He brought out W. Morrissey to choke Utah and people were still like, eh, I don't mind. <laughs> That's fine. This is insane. I was still cheering when w, uh, w. Yeah. w. Morrissey came out. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, you um, thought we, we had a... you thought we said upgraded to a pet rock. Oh, I was like, oh damn! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was that was so harsh. <laughs> that was so mean. I think there's a bit of a problem because, like, you know, Triumph the insult comic doc yeah. got over by being mean. I think like there's a point where we're just like enjoying. Yeah, we are. MJ being mean, like it's not harmful anymore. We're just like, oh, that's MJ. Oh my god, it's so irritating, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, there was another vignette later on yeah. where Diamante revealed that legendary female rapper Trina yeah, will be yeah, her secret yeah. weapon against Jade Cargill for mm-hmm. the TBS Championship. Yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit later on Rampage. Uh, we have a Darby Allen training montage. I don't know if this counts as training, but he was carrying a body across the streets of New York. It's training for Darby Allen. Darby's training. For, for training, he, he brought it onto the subway. He brought it across the street. Um, I have to say, speaking as someone who has been to New York like four times, it's, I think I spent about a year in New York in total. This is not; it wouldn't make it wouldn't make the top hundred weirdest things I've seen on the streets of New York. <laughs> if you've ever seen How to with John Wilson, you, you know, know that this would never be not even in the top thousand of the weirdest things. No. Oh, it's just a guy in face paint carrying a dead body. Okay. Okay, he's going for some theater production. Yes, yeah, yeah. The people would just like assume that. Uh, or even if it's a real dead body, people will still be like, ah, it's one of those things. <laughs> it's New York, man. New York is wild. <laughs> oh my god, crazy, crazy. Uh, okay, uh, we also have like uh, the announcement that Ricky Starks versus Bo oh, Hawks will be a lights out match. 
we'll talk about it a, a, a little later. So I think, uh, what was your highlight of Dynamite Grand Slam? Mine mm-hmm. was the debut of Soraya. What about you? Uh, definitely the debut of Soraya, number one. Uh, number two, mm-hmm. John Moxley becoming the first three-time. Uh, yep. Number three was MGS promo. <laughs> yeah. And number four was the acclaim. And then right? number four, acclaim winning. Okay, actually, number three, acclaim winning. Then number four, MJF. Yeah, yeah. MJF can do nothing and he'll still be in our like, top five <laughs> like, for every... <laughs> he, can, he can just be sitting holding a poker chip. It's like, yeah, best moment of the show. <laughs> uh, kudos again to, to the production team again. I feel that uh, AW's production team has improved leaps and bounds over the years. They have finally yep. got the, the hang of like, like doing that focus on two... Um, you know, the faces of the wrestlers when it matters and all that. Uh, mm. They got that Kevin done right now. Um, I, I still don't think they're not not like perfect, perfect but a lot better. There are some moments like when Max Hester hit the mic drop, yes. right, and he landed on his knee, yes. and he was telling the knee for the rest of the yeah. match. The the camera missed the mic drop. Yeah. He missed the injury yeah, of the yeah, knee. So when he was telling the knee for the rest of the match, people had no people at home okay. had no idea why he was selling. Yeah. You know, so there there's still some issues to be worked out there. It's getting better. I mean, he, he's but always it, been improving. Yes, yes, absolutely. Correct, 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 correct. Uh, my only big worry is, right, every time that uh, every time AEW has had a big women's debut, Ruby Soho, Athena, Tony Storm, uh-huh. um, it's kind of ended up going nowhere. Yeah. I mean, maybe Tony Storm is an exception, but her title run is a bit so like luster, you know, because I think I, I think it's because of Thunder Rosa's injury. Like, like, people don't see her as the real champion and everything. Yeah. She's the interim yeah, champion. yeah. Um, are you worried that a similar thing might happen to Sarah? You know, I like am. you come here Honestly. one week, you get a big pop, then nothing happens. Honestly, I am. Yeah, right. Yeah. But do you think that Sarah is too big for this to happen? Honest. Oh yeah, that is another thing. Yeah, Saraya is way bigger than a lot of the women in the division. It's like it's like you signing Sasha Banks or Charlotte Flair, right? Yeah. Like you can't waste that, right? This yeah. is too big, right? Yeah, you waste this is stupid as fuck. Yeah, I, I, yeah, Especially but uh, but part of me worries to wrestle. Yes, yeah, yeah. but I mean. Having watched AW for the entirety of his run, part of me can't be worried. You, you, can't help but be worried. It, can't help but be worried yeah. because I've seen what happens with all these debuts. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, let's move on to Rampage Grand Slam. Still from the Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City. Sure. Uh, a random two-hour special uh, that featured a lot of big things. Uh, great Muta uh, debuting. Um, Action Bronson mm-hmm. in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Kingston losing his cool. Mm-hmm. Hangman Page earning a work title shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky Starks finding redemption after his squash uh, and all out. Uh, but we begin with a no DQ match. Oh, no. The House of Black is still around, uh, just now led by Brody King, Buddy Matthews, and Julia Hart. They took on Darby Allen and Sting in a no disqualification oh, match. Really uh, Malachi Black uh, was granted a conditional release from AEW. No. Uh, he requested it, but the conditional release is very conditional. Uh, like, there is a. You know, one year non-compete and everything. He's he he really just doesn't want to wrestle anymore. Oh, okay, um, they, okay. They, so it's not just AW like he just doesn't want to wrestle anymore. Um, he didn't say he doesn't want to wrestle. He just he doesn't <laughs> want to wrestle right, right now. now. Like, did you read the Did you read the statement that he put out on, uh, on social media? What did he say? So it was a lot of things, uh, Like over apparently over the last six months, he's had um injuries. One of his friends, uh, no, uh, yes, he has injuries. Like at one point, he thought he had to retire like three months ago, which is why he did, he didn't wrestle for three oh. months, right? Uh, so he he thought he had to step away, and he's still dealing with it. Like he's feeling a lot of pain from it. Um, over the last six months, apparently, uh, one of his uh, family members passed <laughs> oh, away. No. Um, his best friend committed suicide. Um, he has a lot of personal issues that he says that he's dealing with, like like depression and stuff like that. 
Um, and he feels like he just can't turn in good performances now. Okay. Until he like you know, I I understand lah. Like, he he wants to like step aside, chill out, recalibrate, uh, get over this depression, get over some personal trauma and grief and stuff like that. Yeah. I I wish him all the best lah. But I I this is not an anti AW thing. It's not like you know, he he doesn't or he wants to go back uh, to wrestle for Triple H or whatever. Uh, he maybe he does, but primarily the reason is personal stuff lah. And I wish him well lah. Um. Yeah, I mean, after having heard all that, like, what, what do you think about Malachi Black's uh, conditional release? Um, yeah, that makes sense, man. Uh, I feel, mm. yeah, I mean, you do you, man. Like, if if really you need to step away, step away. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not worth your life, you know. Yeah, yeah. um, uh, he 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 said in in the the post that he posted out, like, he's not retiring. Yeah. He still wants to wrestle. Like, but yeah, but for the next six months or twelve months, he he feels that he doesn't have it in him. To be a public performer. Okay, then better get get out of there, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Chill for a bit, like because if, if you're not focused in resting, someone can get yeah. hurt, No need including you, including yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, the the house of black continues. So, uh, both in WWE and uh, AEW. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the AEW branch, the the chapter, uh, if we're using Sons of Anarchy terminology, uh-huh. uh, features Brody King, Buddy Matthews, who is the real life uh boyfriend of uh, Rhea Ripley, not Dominic Mysterio, by the way. Uh, so Brody King and Buddy I Matthews comes out with their. <laughs> That's great. We'll talk about that at the end. Um, Brody King and Buddy Matthews come out. You know the usual sure. entrance. Julia Hart wearing an amazing hat. Awesome. Uh, Darby Allen and Sting, like the baby faces that they are, <laughs> attack them from behind <laughs> again. Oh my god! I love that. Like this is a baby face thing that they do. Um, sure, okay. Uh there were there were some crazy spots in this match, right? including like huge huge coffin drops by Darby Allen. I, I, this feels almost redundant to say there were huge spots in a Darby Allen match. And uh, by the way, Sting also. By the way, <laughs> every Sting match now, every Sting match feels like a 1996 ECW. How? Thing. It's I still don't get crazy. it. Crazy? How? It's crazy, right? Yeah. This guy was so fragile in WWE. He broke his back on a uh, on a what do you call that? Uh, um, buckle bomb. Yeah. yeah. Like, so this is insane. How great he is now. Yeah. God damn. I mean, there was there was some great spots. Uh, Darby Allen climbed the the lighting rig yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah. Delivered a huge coffin drop. Um, uh, Brody King grabbing uh, Darby Allen for the his famous hanging choke, you know. Uh, and then uh, Darby Allen trying to break free, and in the tussle, both of them fell off the stage, threw the table down. Was was really great. Um, the Sting uh, getting uh, handcuffed in the ring was the main story point uh, of the match. Sting getting handcuffed. Uh, Julia Hart was like a big. Uh, in, since it's no DQ, Julia Hart made made her presence felt. Interfered a lot. Uh, but even when Sting was handcuffed and getting beaten up, he was laughing. Maniacally, you know, he was daring Buddy Matthews to swing his bat at him. Mm. Uh, as Matthews wound up, the lights went out. So this had me worried because oh, no. uh, AW does the lights out thing a lot, a lot. and ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it's nothing. Yeah. The just the lights went off. <laughs> yes. So when the lights came on, I was like, oh, what is this going to be? Horn swoggle or some shit? You know, like something that doesn't matter. It matters. And the motherfucker, the great Muta. <laughs> Made his AW debut. What? Okay, okay. This this deserved a lights out lights on <laughs> thing. La. This this deserved it. La. Yeah, you know. I mean, the the, the last time we've been familiar with like you know the Dark Order debuting and then nobody knew who they were that type of thing. Nobody does not know the Great Muta. If you're a wrestling fan, right? The Great Muta is one of the greatest Japanese wrestlers ever. One of the one of the greatest wrestlers regardless of race ever. You know. 
the guy the villain. guy was one of absolutely one of Sting's legendary foes back in WCW as well. So he comes down. He comes down, right? And there is this nice moment of tension because Buddy Matthews, I love Buddy Matthews' faces in this as well, because he you know he's a big strong guy, but this is the great Muta we're talking about. He's a bit scared of him. Mm-hmm. I totally understand. And I love the tease because you didn't know what Muta was gonna do. Because you know that Muta and Sting feuded for like a set for like a decade. Yeah. You know? Like is he coming down to help the House of Black? Or is he coming down to help his legendary rival? So I didn't know also. Yeah. I was like, hmm, well, what's this gonna be? Awesome. The intro was awesome. And then he comes in, he delivers one of the greatest looking <laughs> dragon screw leg whips I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh he pops the green mist, his 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 uh, one of the one of the greatest misters of all time, the Green yeah. Mist, is the Great Muta. Uh, Matthews backed into uh, Julia Hart. Okay, this is a fucking scary moment. Julia Hart missed the table yeah. when she was knocked yeah. off the apron. Yeah. Didn't crash through the table at all. She just went hit and neck first onto the concrete because yeah. she even missed the pad, you know. And I was like, is she dead? Well, and then I totally forgot that like uh, Rampage was pre-taped because if if she was dead, I would have heard about exactly. it. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I legit I went on I went to her Instagram and then like her latest post was like a day ago showing off a new tattoo. Okay, yeah, she's fine, she's fine. <laughs> but I legit thought I was like, wow, Julia Hart is dead. What the fuck, man? What are we? But I have to, but I have to think right, like that that fucking like gigantic um Pharrell hat that she was wearing uh, might have saved her life. Uh, and then like after that, Sting broke free from the handcuffs in a supernatural feat of strength. Let's go, finish Sting. Matthews. With a scorpion death drop. I mean, I love this moment and all, but a part of me also kind of like has to nitpick. Like, if you could have broken out the handcuffs I earlier, like, w- why did you allow all that to happen to Darby Allen, like your son, mm-hmm. you know? And you're just sitting in the ring laughing. I mean, it's, it's a bit weird, but okay, it is for this moment. I get it, like, pro wrestling mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the action was balls to the walls. Sure. I had maximum pleasure in it. The, cre- the handcuffs was a nice wrinkle yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, um, the various table spots were wild, um, especially. Julia Hart's non-table spot. Um, even, House of Black uh, needed to... Even Sting had a very dangerous table spot. The one where he went through two tables. Yeah, he, he hits his head on the second table, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. And he got up like he was fine. Yeah, fine. What, what is this? What is this oh, HGH? This, this, can't be, this can't be DDP yoga. Like He, he, ha- he has like, to be on HGH. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Confirm. He went to Joe Rogan and asked Joe Rogan for some supplies or something. Yeah, this was like a 2015 like Vito Velfort. Like, one day he was old and, and then suddenly he head. goes on like a 12 fight win streak you know yeah 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 it's like what is this is this HGH <laughs> it has to be right I mean some, whatever it is I just hope you're doing it healthily like, you know absolutely yeah. yeah I mean Sting's having the run of his life which is crazy to say again in 2022 oh um, he, they get the win Sting and Muta had a nice little hug mm-hmm. in, in the ring um, here's a here's a random left field thing. I would love to see Sting, Muta, and W. Allen compete for the trio title. Uh, if you have if you have Muta, this is last year wrestling. Why not do it? Um, anyway, so uh, what do you think about the match? What do you think about Great Muta? I've kind of rambled on for a bit. Your uh, totally great. Yeah. Agree with everything you said. Uh, yep. Now, now that is a worthy uh, blackout spot. You know, mm. when you blackout the entire stadium, you better switch on the lights with something epic. Like, the next mm-hmm. one I can foresee is, like, if you switch off the light switch on, it's fucking Bray Wyatt. You know that kind? Yes. Yeah, you have to be, it must be impactful, and this was impactful. Uh, his contribution to the match was great. Uh, man, I had fun, you're right. Balls to the wall section. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darby mm-hmm. Allen and Sting goes on. I mean, who knew that this was going to be one of the hottest tag teams in AEW? Granted, they don't win much, yeah, you know, but don't. it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because all you remember are the spots. Exactly, and how awesome they were. 
you know, like how those TLC matches, like the Hardys, like never won, you know. But you just remember, like, oh, the Hardys were cool. Oh, like, they must, they must have been the winner, but actually, they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> remember when Jeff did that crazy thing? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be more specific, exactly. but yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, again, agreed on every count. This was like a four and a half out of five for me because of the fun it, uh, I had watching this. Man, it, it gets four and a half. The, the match could have fucking blown balls, uh, but the Great Muta came out. So yeah, four out of yeah. five, sure. It was like a yeah. four. And then Great Muta yeah. added a point five for me. Man, Great Muta. Um, he's retiring next year, if you guys didn't I know. Mean, um, I guess. Sure, sure, yeah. But... His last year, I mean, why not go on a, on a US run with AEW or do something fun? He doesn't need to work like five-star matches. He doesn't need to. He can just rely on the gimmick stuff and it'll be cool. Exactly. Agreed. I mean, I, w- I would love for his retirement match to be, you know, end of the year, him assisting. Yeah, do you know when the Great Muta debuted, by the way? Uh, I'm going to say the 80s? Correct, 1984. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how old he is. That's a 30-year career, close to 30 years. Exactly. My goodness, my goodness. I mean, I mean, Sting also debuted in like the early eighties. Yeah, he's the eras, the era people, are, You know. Yeah, yeah. If if Sting was the American, you know, like uh, icon, the Great Muta was the counterpart the Japanese icon, in Japan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's absolutely. That was great. So like, Sting was post Hulk Hogan. Yes, uh, yes, correct. Surface Sting. Yeah, and yeah. Muto was basically uh, post uh, Inoki lah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They carried the torch and they did it very, very well. Exactly. Uh, next up, we have a tag team special attraction. Uh, I love their names, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the lamest uh, names I've, that's ever come across in pro wrestling, oh. but perfect for sports entertainers. Yeah. Uh, takes on Hook and Action Bronson, who did a live version of Chairman's Intent, yeah. rapping through the ring. And the draw of this match was to see what can Action Bronson do. And can I just say that Action Bronson feels like a, a faster, more explosive version of Otis. Oh no. <laughs> like nothing against Otis, but I was genuinely surprised by Bronson's athleticism here. Because if there's one thing that you don't associate with Action Bronson, I associate food, I associate great reps, yeah. I associate weed. I do not associate first stop explos- uh, first step explosiveness uh-huh, but, you know, uh, I with Action screaming. Bronson. But bro, this let you know that he wasn't just in here for like, no, oh, no. I showed up for one week, then I'm just going to wrestle. No, 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 no. It looked like he trained for a bit. Yeah. And he did, I mean, he didn't do anything too special. He's not like, you know, out there doing Canadian Destroyers no, or whatever. No, no. But his shoulder blocks, his clotheslines, the way that he ran the ropes, they looked good. And he didn't look blown up. Yeah, he didn't. I mean, wow. Uh, what, what, what do you think about uh, Action Bronson and Hook's uh, tag team match? Yeah? Agreed. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Action Bronson. One of the best things is that, uh, well, he didn't take any bump, real like real heavy bumps, though, right? Yeah, it was in his contract. He didn't want to take bumps yeah. <laughs> for good reason, lah. That's a good reason. That's a good thing to put in your contract. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he actually he reviewed that on like Pitchfork or something. He said like, I ain't doing no bumps, man. That shit hurts. <laughs> yeah, because at the end of the day, he's still celebrity wrestling. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but uh, great, still great debut. Um, yep I think like uh, Cool Hand and Daddy Magic Were the perfect pair To put names. him up against Say again? I love those names It's so lame But it just works Yeah Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do, do you think like They were the, the perfect pair For like This oh, kind yes, of fun yes, Celebrity yes, yes. showcase uh, yep. Just serious enough And just lame enough 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, essentially, it was Cool Hand, Daddy Magic, and Hook that carried the match. Did it? Uh. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Hook is still pretty young in his wrestling career himself. You know, he hasn't been wrestling longer than uh, that much longer than Action Bronson, to be honest. Yeah. You know, he's still very young in his career. Yeah. But Hook looks amazing. Uh, I know he's he's only beginning squashes. Um, Mm-hmm. But this is the way that you build a young star. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, Hook looks a million times better than Dominic Mysterio. I'm sadly, uh, for example. Yes, you're right. I mean, Pat McAfee looks a million times better than <laughs> Dominic Mysterio. That's true. Logan Paul, man. Come on. Logan, dude, Logan Paul is actually a really it's good really wrestler. good, yeah. I mean, he's the universal title challenger, apparently, which I might have a problem uh, with. Yeah, for the but, uh, crown, uh, what? crown jewel. Crown jewel. Yeah, but he is, you know, he is 2-0. Um, you know, he won at SummerSlam. He won at Mania. Yeah. Okay. I started... Sure. Uh, it... So this whole thing started in the podcast and then, you know, story went into uh, WWE. Yeah, yeah. Usual. Uh. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that at the end okay, now because okay. that's actually quite a, quite yeah, a big yeah, talking sure, point. Sure. Anyways, uh, Hook locked in the Red Rum. Uh, Bronson did the same to Daddy Magic. They both tapped out at the same time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Our closing thoughts on the match before we move uh, on. Great, I think it was a great celebrity, celebrity match. For a celebrity match, uh, was very entertaining. Yeah. Three and a half stars for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it, it was fun for what it was. Next, we had Wardlow and Samojo, um, <laughs> aka Wardlow, <laughs> taking on Tony Nees and Josh Woods. Uh, what do you think about the two mid card champions of ROH and AEW teaming up to take on Tony Nees and Josh Woods? Um, it was okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, last thoughts on this. Uh, I, I do feel that AEW has not capitalized enough on Samojo and Wardlow's yeah, 100%. run. 100%. Can't remember the last time Wardlow defended his belt. Yeah. I, I know he was in a trios match with FTR yes. at All Out. But when is he going to defend the TNT belt? No, no. You would you would assume that it was, it was going to be on a TNT show. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, say, AEW Rampage. But he didn't. Um... So Mojo also hasn't been resting as much as he should, hasn't been focused or showcased as much as he should. And they've been put into like kind of like meaningless feuds mm-hmm. with, you know, Tony Nese, Josh Woods, etc. I don't understand what they're doing with Wardlow and Samojo. Do you have a problem with that? Or as much of a problem with that as I do? I have a problem with that because you're wasting time for someone like mm. Samojo who has very little time left. Uh, yeah, and, 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 and Wardlow was have, so hot yeah, exactly. a couple of months ago. You built yeah. this guy, Wardlow, from nothing to something on fire and then you're dousing the flame suddenly? Yeah. Yeah, so this is weird. Uh, but then again, yeah. it might be because of, you know, there's just so much going on in AW. Absolutely. A bit too much. Until ROH gets the TV deal, yeah. Yeah, it's probably going to be a bit too much going exactly. on. Yeah, yeah. Next up, oh my goodness. Oh. Um, I know I said... I know I said uh, Moxie and Danielson was like a um, match of the two nights because of stakes, yeah, because yeah, of drama. Yeah, yeah. But take out the story. Yeah. Take out the stakes. Take out the belts. Yeah. Take out the pomp and circumstance. Pure in-ring action. Jungle Boy versus Phoenix was probably the best in-ring match of the two nights. What do you think? 100% agree. Like, this mm-hmm. was fire, man. Yep. Fire, comma, man. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. God damn, this was like... How? Like, you know how we say like Action Bronson looked explosive? Yeah. This is true explosion. Oh boy, two of the most explosive oh wrestlers in the God. world right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the high-flying moves within like... Like... The first second, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, this is insane. Ah, uh, man. Uh, uh, Jungle Boy, I'm sorry, but he's one of the, 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 the best young wrestlers out there, man. 
He's he's one of the pillars for a reason. Yeah, man. And he yeah. showcased everything. I mean, to have a dancing partner like Ray Phoenix and both of them just going at it. Mm-hmm. Woo! Uh, great display, great display by both of them. Big, big, big spots. Um, woo! Almost too many to him. Almost too many to Yeah. Him. I'm like, um, and <laughs> maybe sorry, go ahead. I've like, uh, uh, slow it down a bit, you know, for me to catch my breath. <laughs> but uh, the thing about it was that this wasn't a short match. It wasn't. This match, this match went through three commercial breaks. <laughs> exactly. So that's why. And it was like, so a, a, a part of my mind was like, oh, I mean, they're probably going to be like really hot for five minutes, and then they're going to slow it down no. because how can they keep up this pace for twenty minutes? You know. Um, apparently when you're young and you're this athletic, mm. it's not a big deal because they weren't even blown up. They didn't look tired. Oh, <laughs> like Jungle Boy had this whole post-match angle that was going on and Jungle Boy didn't look tired at mm. all. He looked like he was fine. I mean, Phoenix is... I mean, I, to me, in, in my opinion, Phoenix is the greatest high flyer that wrestling has ever seen. Yeah, 100%. Like, clearly, even even amongst luchas, he is something 100%. special. Yeah. Even amongst luchas. Yeah. Jungle Boy has always been something special from the moment I saw him come on. Mm-hmm. Um, despite like the kind of... um silly gimmick and everything but he's, he's taken it in a more serious direction now he's more like Jungle Jack yeah. Barry you know Jungle Man sure um, and I mean I'm just saying Luchasaurus is a brilliant villain absolutely even you know, um, Luchasaurus exactly yeah. right 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 right. so I mean the finish was uh, Phoenix picking up uh, Jungle Boy for a black fire driver mm. I love the counter into a cradle yes. it was very creative yeah, very creative using wrestling to win um, but what I love most about this match though was you see Jungle Boy and you see Phoenix on paper, you think it's going to be a high-flying match. And then, the first commercial break, before the first commercial break, it was a really high-flying match. There were crazy spots. Mm-hmm. A lot of great, you know, Tornillos and Topic on Heroes and Grey Phoenix doing crazy shit on the ropes, you know. And then, after the first commercial break, second and third commercial break, suddenly, it became like a Walter versus Minoru Suzuki match. Yeah. <laughs> they were chopping the shit out of each other. Like they like they were like it was Walter versus Suzuki. Yeah. It was crazy. Like to see these two guys do that, it's like you think we can only like do flips. No, nope. uh, no. Oui. Uh, we can be we can lay some stiff shit in la. Um, Jungle Boy's chest looked wrecked. Uh, so so did uh Phoenix's chest. Like, it was, it was hard hitting. It was the kind of brawl and war of attrition that I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. This match took you to several different genres of wrestling, and I loved it for it. La. Same. Yeah. Uh, this this is this is a five star match in my opinion. <laughs> I love it. Five stars. Yeah, I'll give, it, I'll give it five. I'll give it five. Yeah, yeah. Um, after the match, uh, Christian Cage makes his mm. return. As we know, he's injured. His arm is in the sling. Luchasaurus crept in from behind, assaults Jungle Boy. Um, the Dino was too strong and too fresh for Jungle Boy, who obviously went through a hellacious match. Uh, he choke slammed him, beat him down. Uh, Luchasaurus, you know, kept him down with a with a boot on his neck, and Christian inj- uh, issued Jungle Boy a final warning. Don't come back to AEW. Um, I thought this was fine, but it was a uh, cool build. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? This is a cool B story. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. For what it is, let's go. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Again, uh, enjoyed the match itself. Again, I enjoyed the post-match shenanigans because it continues the storyline. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw somewhere on a comment that uh, Ray Phoenix is not real. He's CGI. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy is just wrestling against like a tennis ball on a stick. <laughs> it looks like that sometimes, man. Uh, yeah, in a good yeah. way. I'm saying in a good way. I know he's not real. Uh, he's a superhero, <laughs> man. But yeah, uh, thank. Uh, good match, good match. Uh, second best match of the entire uh, Grand Slam. 
oh yeah, definitely. Um, if you argue that it's the best match, sure. I I'm yeah. not going to disagree, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. This was fucking fire. I think the only thing, the only drawback is that there was no story to this match. Right? It was a it was a random match. Correct. Right? Yep, yep. Uh, next up though, we have hopefully one day, hopefully one day, uh, CM Punk and the Elite can can work towards this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Eddie Kingston and Simon Guevara turned their real life brawl, their real life heat, uh-huh. their real life suspensions mm-hmm. into a work. Mm-hmm. As pro wrestling should be. Money out of it. One day, hopefully, the elite and uh, CM Punk can do this. But Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara squashed their beef backstage, mm-hmm. turned it into a work. Mm-hmm. The match started with fire when Sammy grabbed the mic from uh, Justin Roberts. Um, so you know what the brawl was about, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So Sammy Guevara cut a promo calling uh, Eddie Kingston fat. Eddie Kingston was like upset by it. It started uh, a brawl backstage. Both of them were suspended. Um and then the the promo was never made it to air. It was cut out lah. So we all knew. I mean, all of us insiders and AW fans are all insiders. That we are. we're all smart marks, right? Knew what the story was about. Oh, don't body shame Kingston. And everything. Yeah, yeah. Sammy Kingston. Uh, Sammy Guevara grabs the mic. Straight up calls Sammy. Straight up calls uh, Kingston a fat piece of shit. <laughs> and then the commentary team sold it so well because Eddie Kingston just blew up. Went nuts and then uh, Jericho, even Jericho was like, Why would you do that? Why would you do that? <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, this match was probably not a technical masterclass, but it, it, should not, it should not have been. Mm. Eddie Kingston wanted to murder this motherfucker, and Eddie Kingston wrestled the way Eddie Kingston should have wrestled. Yeah. He wanted to punish him in a way that was brutal. He didn't want to win the match. You know? He connected with three hurricanes, mm-hmm. uh, the three spinning back piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sammy Guevara was out on his feet, out cold. He wasn't enough. He locked him up in a stretch plum. Mm-hmm. Referee called because you know, um, Sammy was Sammy, Sammy was killed. Yeah. Came in, Sammy was out. He refuses to release the hole. Security uh, came in. Security came in. Trainers came in. Jerry Lynn came in. And the uh, ref uh, decides to reverse the decision. So yeah, um, he, uh, he had the tennis senior senior uh, referee Paul Turner comes down, says that like, oh, this is too much. We gotta we gotta reverse the decision. I like that. Uh, Sammy, Sammy wins by disqualification then, uh, and Kingston just fucking takes out the security. Um, what do you think about the match? What do you think about the reversal of the of the decision? Do you think that it was smart, or do you think it was stupid, or do you think it was silly? Um, and and where where do you think this goes from here? Does this lead into like a Kingston versus the authority kind of story? I I don't know. Uh, what about you? Huh, okay. So yep. the the whole like uh reverse decision thing, right? Mm. I find it a bit odd. Mm. Not because because the match was already done already. Lah. I feel because the match was done, it shouldn't reverse the decision, but rather, you know, uh, you will see the consequences later. A uh, fine, a suspension, uh, a kayfabe fine, a suspension. Yeah, 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 you know, because obviously this kayfabe law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like he really took Jeremy Guevara out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, anyway, if you really want to kill Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara will be, will be dead. Yeah. No, he he tried la. <laughs> So yeah. So whatever yeah. it is, um yeah, I would I would just change it a little where I won't reverse the decision of the match, but rather I'll give Kingston a fine. Um because um however I'm I'm still okay with this. Just because okay. it services the story well. Okay. Yeah, but whatever la. But what what is the story with Kingston? Is it no, going I... is Kingston gonna be the new Stone Cold him? <laughs> 
railing against authority. I don't. I think Kingston can pull it off, but I don't know if that if that's really the way you want to go. No, 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 no. I mean, like this this one story about you know how he lost the match because you know his temper oh, got the better of him. Specifically, you sent me. Yeah, 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 yeah the fat yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Not. I got not, you. I got uh, you. His long term story because I have no idea what I want to do with Kingston. Because I don't know. Like, do you make him into a new Stone Cold? I I think he can because he has the personality for it. Yes, definitely. But I don't. One authority stories anymore. Too, Interesting. With it was very. Tony Khan in charge. I mean, now it could work, lah. Tony Khan might be intentionally turning heel in in the media. Yeah, I know, but like, uh, he's turning heel for real. Like, not for real, lah. Is it for real? No, no. Rather, like, he is like a... is Tony Khan working? I'm not sure. I mean, he feels like a petulant child sometimes. Yeah, but sometimes he goes so overboard with the petulance. I think he's working. And that is a weird thing, right? About being in this industry, you cannot really tell. Right, right. You, you never know, right? Yeah, it's very different from any other, you know, sports owner kind of uh, like Dana White and his press conference, right? Yeah, like, it's so different. Like you, because Dana White just says whatever the fuck he wants to say. Yeah, I think you're a fuck, you know. But like Tony Khan has this ulterior motive, lah, is to make more entertaining storylines, lah. And mm-hmm. so whatever he says, like you said, lah, you know, it can be a work, or it can be it can be genuine but still a work, you know. Right. Or it could be genuine and then later on turn exactly. into work once you once you see the reaction to exactly. it. Exactly. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. M- much like this match. Lah. Like much like this match, correct. Absolutely, yeah. Um one thing I did really, really like about the finish though mm. was um AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. I wanted to bring this up earlier, but I thought this it is best to bring it up during the match. Sure. The first three matches, the acclaim, uh AEW All Atlantic Championship, uh the stuff the tag match that started and everything, right? Um, do you realize that the first uh, four, three or four matches on Grand Slam uh, were because of referee incompetence? Yeah. It, and it ended with distraction finishes or cheating yeah. because the referee didn't see something happening. Yeah. So, after Dynamite went off air, uh, there was this post on the, on the AEW Twitter uh, uh, congratulating Paul Turner for refereeing his thousandth match. Uh-huh. In AEW, because uh-huh. he's the most senior, he's the most senior official. He's refereed a thousand matches in AEW. Okay. Um, Tony Khan replied to that tweet saying that congratulations, Paul. But I do hope that uh, come you know soon, ra- sooner rather than later, coming out on Rampage, hopefully, uh, you being a senior official help tighten up the officiating Ooh. in AEW. Um, because I don't want things like this happening again, la. Of course, he was speaking in kayfabe, la. So Paul Turner coming out, making such a drastic decision to reverse a referee call. And award uh, Sammy Guevara the win is actually a storyline reaction to getting scolded by his boss on Twitter. Oh my god, that's actually quite beautiful, Tony Khan. Yeah, th- th- this is why I'm like, is this a work? I think it's a work, yeah. Yeah, it is a work. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. So I, I I thought it was quite smoothly done. Oh, now that I know that, then this all makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, see, the problem with this kind of stories is you really need to be in the know, following their socials. They do very subtle things like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I wish they had done some sort of like, Mention on commentary like that Paul Turner was coded on Twitter yeah. for all the shit that happened on Dynamite and then now he's like yeah now he's like oh fuck I think he's gonna fire me I really need to tighten up officiating like, oh, this, this start, I need to set a precedent if this type of thing happens again I'm gonna reverse the decision good job know? good job yeah good job AEW good job AEW I actually thought this this was this worked very well if you happen to follow the Twitter like. the only bad job was I wish commentary had mentioned that Paul Turner was coded by Tony Khan yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, next up, we have the TBS Championship match. Jade Cargo defeats Diamante uh, to retain 
uh, Miami rapper Trina was ringside and changed her allegiance when she turned out when she found out that Diamante was a jobber, mm-hmm. um, uh, and then aligned with Jake Cargill, the baddest bitch together. Uh, she took care of business. This was the Jake Cargill squash. What do you think about this? Uh, honestly, nothing, right? <laughs> yeah. I didn't give a fuck. Man, Jake Cargill's reign. Like, I I like her being a dominant champion. I, mean, I, I like champion. the Trina stuff at the end. Sure, yeah, the Trina stuff was great, but. I think the Jade Cargill Goldberg thing that they're doing has run its course. It's not, something's not working. A little bit. Oh, it was working, but now it's past its expiry date yeah. and they need to shift. I think Jade Cargill needs to wrestle a real match with a real contender. Yeah. Um, rather than, you know, just crushing cans like, on, on, on Rampage and Dynamite oh, every week. It's a bit... I'm, I'm getting a bit tired of it. Like, in my Same. Opinion. Yeah. Um, nothing against Jade Cargill. I think she looks amazing. I think... She's a star. She's still very green, but she got the it factor, right? Yeah. So I'm not saying I'm not saying you stop pushing Jake Cargill. I'm saying like you push her in a different Action, way. Yeah. yeah. Correct. 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 Absolutely. Um. Next up, we have the Golden Ticket Battle Royal. This was a clusterfuck. Uh, a battle royal for the number one contendership to the AEW World Championship. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. This felt like. Uh, a battle royal on a house show. Yes, thank you. you do you know what I mean? Yes, like there was no, music. there was oh. no, there was no method to the madness. Yeah. It was just let's. Uh, hey, who's backstage right now? Come out, come on, come out. Uh, do some things and okay, then now, have you one at a time. Okay, Ricky uh, Dalton. Okay, you go now. And then two yeah. seconds later, Brian Cage. Okay, two seconds later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It uh, this match made no sense. I, I mean, uh, until it was Hangman Page and Rush, then yeah, the match yeah. was great. But up, all the way up until leading to that, this was genuinely, I think, one of the messiest, worst battle royals I've ever seen. Man, right? Yeah. And it's sad because, like, you know, look at the random talent that went to use, you know, and they were just, like, put in this clusterfuck. A lot of them. Yeah. By the way, like, I'm not, I'm not referencing GCW's clusterfuck, which is a clusterfuck by intention. Yeah. That, that's a yeah. comedy gimmick yeah. match. This wasn't. This was for the number one contendership in a very serious kind of scenario. Like. All right. And just, just the fact that I think like the people backstage made no effort to book this match. I think so too. I think this was just tacked on. Yeah, right. Like, why was this tacked on? This didn't need to be here. If you wanted to dedicate 15-20 minutes of TV time, book a match with like, you know, spots and shit lah. Mm. The only real spot that I can think of was when Rouge and... It came down to Rouge and Hangman lah, And that was cool. Yeah, I agree. But besides that, okay. I mean, but, I mean, I do have to say lah, that, that Hangman Page skinning the cat from the bottom rope... It's fucking insane, by the way. <laughs> the core strength that you have to have on that. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, I've seen like Shawn Michaels or Dolph Ziggler, you know, you skin the cat from the top yeah. rope. But from the bottom rope, is Oh boy, <laughs> I don't think I can do that. I can't even do a pull-up, but no, you know. No, no. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I think Hyman Peach uh, takes on uh, John Moxie in, a home, in his hometown of Cincinnati next week. Um, it's going to be a fun match, but Hangman Peach is not winning this match. Yeah. Um, I do like that Hangman Peach gets to win because like, he... he in a bit of an unfair turn, I think he was unnecessarily implicated in the CM Punk sure. um, elite feud. Yeah. And a lot of people started booing or turning on Hamming Page for nothing that he really <laughs> did in ring. You know, um, so I feel bad for him in that sense. Yeah. And I think that he's going to put on a banger with John Moxie next week. Um, he was the correct person to win this. I wouldn't have minded Rush either, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but what, what, what do you think about the result? I know we don't like the match, but what about the result? Uh, yeah, fine. You put the correct guy in because, again, this is a period of time where you want your best to be at the best. Yeah. Uh, you know, you want to be, you want to forget about the controversy as fast as possible. 
So yep. by doing so, your by how to do so is by to put your best foot forward. Uh. And right now, your best foot forward is John Moxley and uh, Hangman Page. Hangman Page. We talked about a little bit about Hangman Page carrying AW for three years, mm-hmm. right? But I mean, like obviously for six months he he went to rehab, but he was gone for six mm-hmm. months. Who carried the company in that six months? John Moxley. No, when John Moxley was out for rehab, oh, you know, for six months, Hangman Page was the champion for six yeah, months, Hangman right? Page. He he put on banger after banger after banger, <laughs> right? Hangman Page is the top guy in AEW, regardless of what CM Punk says. Hundred uh, percent. He is. I'm I'm gonna go so far as to say that in ring Hangman Page is better than CM Punk. Hundred percent. He just is. Uh, I'm also going to so far as to say that the 10, 20 years that you have left with Hangman Page far outweighs the one two years you have left with CM Punk. Hundred percent. I think I think Hangman Page is a more valuable wrestler than CM. This sounds crazy, but hear me out. I think Hangman Page in the long term for the future of AEW is a better bet than CM Punk. Yeah. And if you if if Tony Khan has to pick between CM Punk and Hangman Page, I would go for Hangman Same. Page. Right. Uh, okay. So I'm glad we're on that. I know a lot of people feel differently. I think 99% of people might feel differently. No, but CM Punk has what? Four years left, maybe? Maybe. Hangman Page has 20 years. Exactly. He's so young. Exactly. You know. And, he and he's so good already. Yeah, he has proven yeah, that he's... he can carry the company. He did. For six whole months, yeah. he was one of the best champions that they've ever had. Exactly. You know? He's, uh, he's uh, two classics with Kenny oh, Omega. come on. He's two classics with Barry Danielson. One of them was a 60-minute time limit draw, by the cool. way. He is so fucking good. Uh, his match with um, his match with uh, Brian Danielson last week, again another fire match. My God, he's he's so good. Uh, he's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Anyways, uh, we move on to an unsanctioned lights out match. Ricky Starks takes on Will Hobbs in what I can only call a fucking crazy barn burner mm-hmm. with some crazy spots. Um, Ricky Starks received um, a perfume commercial. Entrance vignette. <laughs> I don't know what to call it, but it was cool. But it was cool. Um, what do you think about this crazy uh, lights out match? What do you think about the entrances? Um, and do you agree with this being made uh, the main events of uh, a AEW Rampage Grand Slam? You know that I'm a fan of this this match. Yes, I know. And Th- tell me about it. Well, why were you a fan of this? No, match? no. I mean, you know that I'm a fan of this feud. Oh, crazy! Yeah, yeah. it's a great feud. And it even makes the the squash make sense, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like they kind of fix the squash. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I and that's why I dig it. Like and oh my god, Ricky was on power, man. Ricky Starks' line, you know, during the uh it's time for the mini event that that, that, yeah, that yeah, Mark yeah. Henry uh, interview, right? Mm-hmm. The way that he said the the line that he delivered um really sold it home to me was uh you beat me in four minutes, that's true, but that's the highlight of your career, and that's gonna be the only highlight Ooh. of your career. <laughs> you know. Once I beat you, I'm gonna, you know, become a star and you'll be forgotten about, you know. That was such a great oh, line. I was like, so, oh so 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 that, that was amazing. Yeah. Uh and Ricky Starks sold Babyface in peril really, so really cool. well here. Yeah. Um they made Powerhouse look like not a kayfit powerhouse. No, no, no. <laughs> like a real fucking powerhouse. Jeez. The fact that, you know, Tony Shavani was talking about where, you know, when Hobbs was handling the tables. Yeah. And I I've seen a lot of wrestlers handle tables and usually it's very awkward, you know. The the ends and everything. Yeah. Hops was like picking up tables like they were like rag dolls. Yeah. He's just setting up like fucking easily. Exactly. No big deal. Him ripping out the the lighting fixture from the from the stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He he looked like a beast here, and, and Ricky Starks had to pull out all the stops. You know, outsmart him, out wrestle him, um, spear him through a table. 
some really really cool spots in here, man. I thought this was a a, a banger of a match, and you did too, apparently. Yeah, I did. Oh my god, I loved yep. it. Uh, great, great, great. Um, uh, showing, but both buys. But goddamn, Ricky Starks. This is a come from behind kind of story, man. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Wrestling. Yeah. Uh, what a way to end the show. Uh, really, really, really. Uh, this was like a four and a half for me out of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Starks winning was the right move. Uh, it was yeah, one and one. Yeah, now. it was a hard fought battle, man. This was yep. uh, the back and forth was great. Ricky Starks uh, was on the edge most of the most of the time. He was the one that was in peril. Maybe yeah, which is great. which is good. And to see him overcome it, and you know, with him like hanging on the ropes, and then like they focus on his face. You know, he, he has that 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 like that. I I need to take a shit real bad kind of face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh my god, beautifully done. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm. I'm down for the result. I'm down to see where this goes. Right. Okay. So I love this match. I like the one in one, and I think the feud still continues oh. because they need to have the they need to have the rubber match, right? 100%. Probably at full gear, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the one bad thing about the match did you see all the pictures of the arena during this match? Uh, yeah. Why? So the taping for Grand Slam, you know, two hours for Rampage, two hours for Dynamite, and then before that, they also taped. Uh, dark and Dark Elevation before Dynamite and Rampage. So, the show started at 6, mm-hmm. ended at 1am. Wow. So, if you see the pictures on Twitter, uh, just before the Ricky Starks uh, Powerhouse Hops match started, uh, the arena was three quarters empty. A lot of people left because they had to be. Yeah, 1am. Yes. So, uh, for of the 30,000 arena, it's estimated there was only 10, about two or 3,000 left. Oh. Not even 10,000, yeah. Most of them, like the majority of people left because of just, it was late. And this goes to, in my opinion, one of the biggest flaws of AEW is that they put on long shows too often. Yeah. To the point the- where you're short-changing both your wrestlers in the main event and the audience who just, you know, this this was filmed on a, on a Wednesday. They need to go home. There's, oh, there's work oh, on Thursday, yeah. bro. It's not. It's not like. A, it's not a pay per view on a Saturday, you know, where Sunday you got nothing to do. Yeah. A lot of people had to rush home for work, you know, take the subway, or whatever, right? And then, the fact that a match of this quality, of this importance in a feud of this magnitude, was uh, uh, three quarters of the crowd were chased away because of the timing of it. Felt very poor. Poor programming, yeah, in yeah, my yeah. opinion. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh my god. Yeah, they, they, you know that the. <laughs> I know the gimmick was lights out, lah. See, so they they turned the lights down, but but it was good that they turned the lights down, lah, because all the upper, yeah, you can't see everyone leaving. Oh yeah. There were there were these there was these videos on Twitter. There was just this mass exodus as the en- their entrances were being made. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm looking at the stage right now. There's one one point right there. It's only the first two sections that are filled. Yeah, it's all the people from the top who didn't want to leave. Like they filtered down. Oh no. I felt very bad for them. Do you, do you think that this is one of those things that AEW does very badly? The the overlong show? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I probably with it the last time, remember? <laughs> we have probably with it every time we talk about like a pay-per-view, right? Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I, it's fucking weird. Yeah. Now, now, now WWE does like very I'm short two-hour shows. pay-per-views. Five matches, everything. Yeah. Uh, the storylines make sense. And now, all the complaints that were shifted from them have been shifted to it. It's crazy, yeah. like the world has turned. Yeah. But I mean not saying the AAW has become as bad as WWE we've seen six months ago. No, definitely. Uh, no, I mean come on, like, nothing is as bad as Vince McMahon WWE. Yeah, exactly. Like. So yeah. we're chill. We're still we're still we're, we're still happy that there's so many good uh, wrestling out there. 
Yes. I'm just saying. Oh my god. Absolutely. I'm just saying that I think AEW for the last three years have greatly benefited in the way that House of Dragon benefits from Rings of Power being so sucky. Yeah. Like, was AW really that good, or do we think it was really that good because WWE, because WWE sucks? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we, we lost the black and gold brand, right? Absolutely, right, we, yeah. We yeah. lost, we lost, uh, we, we lost Triple H, like, literally. Yeah, he almost yeah, died, you know, you and know, everything. So, like, all the power was stripped from him and exactly, everything. Exactly, and, you know, Vince McMahon was making all these weird-ass motherfucking decisions. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, goddamn, maybe that's it, but you know what? Uh, now that WWE is better, I would say that AEW still has its uh, uh, charm. And rather, I still feel it's a little more superior in quality. Okay. Okay. Yeah, right now. I wouldn't say like it's a, a huge gap. I would say that the quality in AEW is there. La. I mean, they've been working on it for three years already. Ma. I think because of how even it is between, like, I would say Raw and SmackDown are of equal quality to Dynamite and Rampage sure, now. Yeah. Like about even like maybe fifty one forty nine, I think a very, very close, close match, right? You know, yeah. a split decision. Yeah, I should it's say. no longer the uh, the, the, the seventy thirty. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is clearly like a very split, contentious majority yeah, yeah, decision. Yeah, this is whatever. like Biden Trump. Absolutely right. Yeah. It's come to the point where like I'm starting to see more flaws in AEW, and I think that's because I didn't, I don't have the goodwill already, yeah. It was always so refreshing to tune, tune into Rampage after SmackDown because SmackDown would have sucked, <laughs> yeah. right? But now, now watching like Rampage after a great SmackDown, you know, where Sami Zayn became an honorary Oos. Yeah, he became right? honorary Oos. <laughs> the, 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 the great match with like uh, Pete Dunne and Rich Holland versus the Usos, exactly, amazing exactly, stuff, yeah. right? Then I'm like, hey, I, I don't actually see a difference in quality anymore. This is about the same. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, food for thought. But uh, all in all, I thought Grand Slam was uh, was an A minus, I feel. Yeah, A minus is a, a very, very, very fair grade. Mm-mm. Yeah, uh, this was a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had fun even throughout some of the worst things. Sure. Like and and the bad stuff, like you know the Jake Cargo match. At least they didn't last yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, those those rarely do. Yes. Oh yeah, that, that's a very good point. Yeah. Those rarely do. Uh, so yeah, it was all, all elite wrestling. Uh, before we wrap up this sure. episode, let's delve into the E, the WWE. Um, man, uh, you wanted to talk about Logan Paul, right? Yeah, sure. Talk about Logan Paul, man. Um, what do you think about Logan Paul becoming the number one contender for the WWE Universal title at WWE Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia? A lot of people were very upset by this. But, but, yeah. I mean, Crown Jewel is kind of not canon, exactly. so I don't mind. Logan Paul is, so I mean, he's your biggest superstar in the sense of numbers. Uh, but Logan Paul has more viewers than the WWE. Exactly. So, putting him, you know, I mean, for an overseas show that doesn't really give, you know, we don't really give a fuck for Crown Jewel, come on. I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, it's barely canon. It's barely, barely canon. canon. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's never, like, referenced a week later. Like, nobody cares what happens there. Yeah. Um. Sure. Let's go for it, I Ooh. guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, <sighs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a numbers game, and so I don't really care. Okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, it, um, I like Logan Paul. Is it? It's obviously way too early to put him on a spot like this. I feel. Okay. But okay. I don't really care. Yeah. Because I feel that they're gonna come out with an entertaining match at Crown Jewel. Sorry, the northeast of US is the Crown Jewel. Oh, according to Tony Khan. Mm. Hey, Tony Khan, Tony Hill. I told you. <laughs> No lah, but I mean, yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah. Roman... 
I mean, I Call Duel is just a distraction for us, lah. Before mm-hmm. you know, extreme rules and all. Uh, Extreme rules after extreme yeah, rules, actually. and this will you know put more numbers in, you know put more butts in seats uh, just to see Logan Paul taking on Roman Reigns or uh, whether he can even not get squashed. That's a whole other thing, uh. I think the Saudi shows are just like what the prince wants, mm. right? The prince wants to see Logan Paul wrestle, so okay lah, put him there lah. And I mean, of all the things to be offended about with Crown Jewel, the whole blood money, sport washing aspect of yeah. it. I think this is the least offensive part of Crown Jewel, in my opinion. WWE, yeah. Yes. Yeah, like there's a lot like real-world politics that you should be upset about mm-hmm. uh, with this whole mm-hmm. thing. Logan Paul getting a title shot for a fake belt is not a, a thing that should even hit your radar. Agreed. Yeah. Um, anyways, the thing I really, really wanted to talk about in WWE though, sure. was not Logan Paul. Uh, are, you, are you aware of his uh, white rabbit thesis that they've been doing yes, yes, over the yes, past yes. Uh, few, few weeks? Mm-hmm. So um, over on Raw and SmackDown... Um, about a month ago, during the commercial breaks, not uh, not aired by the way, just during commercial breaks, they started playing Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit on speakers. Yeah. During commercial breaks, uh, and then at the end part of the song, it started. They started strobing red lights, red strobe lights, so the whole arena went red. Uh, most recently, last week on Raw, when Austin Theory was like doing an interview backstage, at the corner of your eye, right there, there was a QR code. Eagle-eyed viewers clicked the QR code found uh, a mysterious message, a hangman uh, uh, game that led you to the coordinates uh, and time of this week's SmackDown. Oh. So this week's SmackDown, yeah. So uh, tune in at 9.23 and 9.23pm was like the message of the QR code okay. in the end after you, saw, after you saw the puzzle. And then at 9.23 on this week's SmackDown, there was another QR code. Like uh, Hit Row was doing a viewing party. Uh, they were watching some matches. They got, they got into it with... Um, Maximum male models and, and all of that, right? But at the, at the corner of your eye, again, a QR code <laughs> on the screen. Like, just, just like, uh, barely in the background. that like you had to really look for it. Mm. A QR code pointed to another puzzle that revealed the coordinates of Raw. Uh, and the words patricide, whatever that means, yeah, right? Yeah. So they're teasing their way to something in a very, very subtle, viral marketing kind of way. Like, like, like the Matrix did back in 1999, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and this... To me, more than anything, represents a huge shift in how Triple H is running things because Vince McMahon would like to beat you over the head, right? Like he's always afraid that you won't get it, you know. But this one went viral very organically. So I got two questions for you. Sure. What do you think about this weird viral marketing campaign? And who do you think they're teasing? Oh my god, the thing is, do you feel like it's a lady wrestler? No, I feel it's Bray Wyatt. Huh. Okay. Well then, um, I'm all down for it then. Uh, I think, I think uh, it's a great I, I, marketing I think... ploy. It's just that they have burned me in the past with great marketing ploys. Okay. But you know, this one is a lot more subtle than the usual, lah. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the the the, the brooding red lights after they play uh Jefferson Airplane. Yeah, that might be of course, that. you know, uh, yeah. the Fiend used to wrestle under red lights, mm-hmm. right? So that that might be it, lah. Or it could be Kane, lah, also also used to wrestle under red lights. Da, 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 da. Oh my god, we're making this kid, Mayor Kin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here to ask for your vote. Sure. <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I think it's Wyatt. Like. I think it's The Fiend, right? I, th- I think that's a great that's a great guess and I think I hope you're right. Mm, yeah. Mm. Um, you, you were saying it could be a female wrestler. Who do you think it could I don't be? Know. I, 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 just, I, I'm, I, I honestly have no idea right now. There's so many... Female also. wrestler with a rabbit... Oh, the bunny? No, I cannot be so... <laughs> they did that just for her. 
I I don't think the bunny is big enough for this. No, exactly. Happy. That's why I, I just said, yeah, it's a bit too big for someone that small. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it has to be Wyatt, right? With this kind yeah. of mysterious teasers. The way that uh, Bray Wyatt's creativity, you know, the way that he structures his vignettes and everything, mm-hmm. it feels like very right up Bray Wyatt's alley like, to do something like this. Yeah. yeah. Think, uh, and we haven't seen Bray Wyatt for like a year and a half, so it would be great to have him back too. Oh my god. I, I mean, Triple H is... No, you remember? Oh, he was fired last year. Yeah. yeah, he was released. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. Oh. And if you've seen anything over the past, I'm going to say eight weeks... Everybody's coming uh, back. Triple H has made every effort to hire back every wrestler that was released. Yeah. Io, Io Shirai, Dakota Kai, Johnny Gagano, etc., etc., Karen Cross, oh you God, know? Yeah. yeah. Um, Hit Row. Yeah, I mean, Bray Wyatt could be the latest agreed, amongst agreed. them. Yeah. Wouldn't it be fucked up if it was Malachi Black? <laughs> Talk about contract temperings. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like, oh, no, I, I really have no personal struggles. I just wanted to get back with Triple H. You yeah, yeah, I'm going, I'm going with uh, the other House of Black that you already have here. <laughs> uh, I, I, that would be the most fucked up uh, option. Uh, but I don't think so, uh, because that would be like a $10 million lawsuit or some yeah. shit. Yeah. But anyways, um, I'm very excited about this. It's one of the coolest things I've seen on WWE TV in a while. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Anything else about E that you wanna you wanna bring up? Um, uh, not yet, man. I, uh, I'm 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 hoping for more good Raws and SmackDowns. Yeah. Um. I think. Uh. I love that. Uh, Butch is wrestling like Pete Dunne again. Yeah. Um. I think the tag team run that has been going on with Fridge Holland has been amazing. They've been pulling on some killer matches. Yeah. Uh. Did you watch uh, Johnny Gargano versus Chad Gable a couple of weeks ago? Oh, yes, I think yes, that was yes, a yes, great yes, match as well. That's a great way to introduce to the audience. Like Johnny Wrestling is something special, mm-hmm. uh, and and Chad Gable was the perfect opponent against him as well. Okay. Yeah, even Chad Gable is something special. Everybody is wrestling like they used to wrestle in NXT, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like Butch is re- Butch is wrestling that like he was like Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano, and Chad Ga- Chad Gable, who was a comedy character for the last three years, right? He's now back. It's suddenly Alpha. American Alpha. Well, he has always been like Alpha Academy, la, yeah, But yeah. it became a comedy show, right? Yeah, we were and now he's wrestling like he used to wrestle in NXT. Yeah. Um, everyone's doing that. Even Finn Balor is wrestling great again. Every, oh, everyone has stepped up their game. Kurt Angle's son's name. Uh, Jason Jordan. Yeah, I mean he can't go back because of his injury, la, But uh, he's a producer. He's now. a producer there. Yeah. Uh, but yep. yeah, Chuck Gable is back to that American Alpha kind of uh, state, la. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You know. Uh, Braun Strowman is back also I think we haven't talked about it. so yeah uh, a, lot, a lot of uh, great stuff um, and I think if I'm not mistaken Bray Wyatt might be coming back next yeah. week so I'm all down for that man fuck yeah I, and I'm sure that Bray Wyatt will come back with a whole new gimmick you know, because he's that creative I don't mind like when they when they ditched the whole like backward swamp cult leader gimmick right you thought oh what a mistake that was such a great gimmick yeah. and then he came out with a fiend and it was so creative and then Vince McMahon ruined it Goldberg squashed it everything yeah, but it wasn't Bray Wyatt's fault. No, 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 it wasn't. It was never. It has never been Bray Wyatt's fault. Yes, yeah. and I think that if Bray Wyatt gets to really show off his creativity under Triple H, I think who would let him have a bit more of a leash mm-hmm. than Vince McMahon did. I think this could be the renaissance for Bray Wyatt because I always thought that he was a maybe not the best wrestler in the world, but probably one of the best minds in terms of like storytelling in in pro wrestling. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, that's it for this week's hard hits. We'll be back in about two or three weeks f- to cover WWE Extreme Rules. Oh yeah. 
which will take place from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, I wanted to bring this up as well. Sorry, sure, last sure, last sure, one sure, on Extreme Rules. Um, Matt Riddle's fight pit Ooh, is back. Let's go. Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins in the fight pit. That's what I was. In Extreme Rules, I was like, the fight pit is one of the coolest uh, match concepts yeah. of the last five to ten years because I think that. There hasn't been any innovation yeah. in new match struck types, right? Yeah. And and Fight Pit is very very new. Exactly. And our, our and then you know the Fight Pit had two matches, uh, Matt Riddle versus Timothy Thatcher mm-hmm. and everything, right? Those were those were really great. Yeah. And then suddenly it became like NXT became Nickelodeon, and then they, yeah, they took out all these things. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also like Matt Riddle went to the main roster, mm-hmm. so they couldn't do that anymore. But I love that they bring it back. Don't, don't you love it Me too? Me too, Matt Riddle, man. Yeah, fight pit was what a great concept. Once the main ro- once the main roster audience sees what a fight pit is, I think it's going to become like one of these annual things. They do a massive MMA style match all the time. I don't know. You know, like uh, fight pit extreme rules. Maybe next year, Sheena Basel versus Ronda Rousey in a fight pit as well. It'll be great, man. It'll be great. Let's go. Yeah, like I've always loved that kind of blood sport style in a cage with a with a different element to it, and this this is going to be great. Um. Uh, second last thing I want to bring up, uh, Survivor Series this year, do you see the vignette has been rebranded into Survivor Series colon War Games. Oh, War Games are back, brother. I mean, uh, William Regal is not here to say it, but War Games are back. Yeah, and now on the main roster. And now on the main roster. So what, 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 what do you think they're going to they're gonna do? Are they going to do one traditional Survivor Series match and one War Games? I are they going to combine? No idea, but it's going to be fire. Yeah, I just want to see War Games again on the WWE TV. Yeah, me too. I'm so fucking excited. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm very excited for for both the E and the AWA. Yeah, the A and the E. The A and the E. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, we'll be back with Extreme Rules. I'm excited to talk about Matt. Uh, Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins in the fight pit because I think that's gonna tear the house down. I agree. Like their last two matches have teared the house down. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, till next time then. This has been Hit Zero. Goodbye, guys. Bye.